God damn it. What? <laughs> Stupid chips. Um, it's like, oh, is this some weird, like, secret technique to open a beer? And then at the end, he just throws a brick at it. It was, yeah, convoluted. Reddit? Yeah, Reddit. Nice. Our number one topic on today's episode. Yeah. The Media Monk's Barrel. I mean, it's actually on our list. Like, it is legitimately written down. Yeah. To talk about Reddit.com. The number yeah. one source of useless nonsense. The front page of the internet. Yeah, that's what they say. I I hate that title that they've given themselves. Pretty arrogant or It's super arrogant. Yeah. Like that's not just me, right? It's no, super I, arrogant. I guess it is pretty pretty arrogant. But a lot of dumb internet filters through there, like from all over the place. So right. kinda makes sense. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I hate that they know it. Okay. Yeah. It's smug. It's a little smug. So, uh, yeah. Let's start off just with how this has been like the hardest podcast in a while to get going. (laughs) Yeah. This episode of the Pixel Response Podcast, which is its actual name. Should Um, we describe um, the (laughs) trials and tribulations that have actually happened? Yeah, so like I'll I'll just lead up to to where the main issue happened, and then you can explain what we were experiencing. But uh, we, we've been trying to meet up in person and record that way because I just think it's better. You know, it's just kind of more. Connection, it's a different dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. Uh, so I, I drove down, um, brought my microphone, and uh, we were we drafted a list of topics. We were ready to go a couple hours ago, and then. Uh, the mic wasn't working, which is pretty frequent. Uh, there's like, oh, maybe it's a USB port. Maybe we just, you know what? Let's just reboot the computer. And then, I don't know, Windows died or what yeah. happened? Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, I don't actually have any idea what happened. So I think like a dr- there was a driver fault or something. And like then. I was trying to auto install drivers for my mic and just. But, like, was failing to do it or something. I don't know. It was weird. And then, like, I was booting it back up in, like, safe mode. And it's like, okay, well, things are still okay here. So that's fine. And then, like, try again. And then it still wouldn't work. So, and then it started to, like, not boot up in safe mode anymore either. So I was like, oh, Christ, here we go. That's pretty much when you were like, okay, well, I'm going to go home and play Let It Die, which, like, spoiler <laughs> alert, we're going to talk a bit about that, too. Yeah, um, that's right. But you went home, and I've been spending the last hour formatting and reinstalling Windows on my main hard drive. Do you think that's going to do the trick, though? Because I really It already hope... has. Okay, good. The so biggest, like the reason... Somehow brick to your PC and... No, uh... no, no. Um... The re- we're doing this on a laptop, actually. Like, I'm recording this from a laptop. The reason being, we would be doing it on the main PC. Like, I would be hosting the call and stuff. But I can't find the drivers for my um, internet port. So, like, I have 
I actually have like Audacity installed on the main PC again. I have uh, most of like the main drivers. I have the main graphics driver, all of that stuff. I just don't have the internet driver, so I can't install Skype or connect to the internet on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but I mean, all things considered, we're here. It's been. Uh, what time did I get home? I got home at close to nine. I worked late today because it was busy. You came over around that time, about quarter after nine. And we've been futzing around trying to get this podcast recorded since then. So like four or five hours? <laughs> four or five hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the last couple hours for me have mostly been just sitting around playing Let It Die, so... I mean, to be uh, fair, it's been that a little bit for me, too, because I was just playing games while uh, it was installing, it was, reinstalling oh, okay. stuff. Gotcha. So PlayStation yeah. 4 to the rescue. Uh, Master yeah. Race is great and all, but kind of fucked up, you know? Can't That can't happen to a PlayStation. What now? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Those guys are smug. That subreddit? Yeah. One See, of the, the smuggest. Th- so, I mean, I under- yeah, for sure. I guess my only retort for it would be if this happened to the playstation i would just be out three hundred dollars i would yeah, be able to like, fix it well i gotta send it back this is yeah. a closed system and it's dead so yeah, yeah fair enough i guess so but there's there's that ease of use for us peasants you know that's very important uh, also i mean i'm just gonna jump right into this quickly because i was playing the resident evil 7 demo on ps4 while i was yeah. waiting yeah. and the low times for that game are atrocious compared to the pc <laughs> version Okay, yeah. Which which is a thing I forgot that like consoles don't do well is low low times. Times. Because let it die. I've had some qualms about like why is this taking so long to load? Like it's not that big of a level thing I'm doing. There's some weird like kind of hitchy load screens too, where it's like kind of trying to do too much on the load screen. Like you'll go up an escalator, and that's kind of neat. But it also has, like, Uncle Death skateboarding at the bottom and maybe, like, the map of the dungeon in the top right or something. And it's just kind of a lot of tearing and snaggy. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not smooth. Or you're going up and down an elevator or something. It was very kind of, I don't know, not super appealing all the time. But it's a free game, I guess. I don't know. It's, I'm not too bothered by it. Uh, for people let, who let don't know what it is, like, Let yeah. It Die is a free-to-play game for the PlayStation 4 by uh, Grasshopper. Grasshopper manufacturer, yeah, Suda51 yep. involved in that. Yep. Um, I just figured we should probably like describe explain what this yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it is only on PlayStation. It's kind of a dungeon-crawling, like, Dark Souls-esque uh, it's like an arcadey Dark Souls. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Brawler is the better way to put it. Like a Streets of, like a 3D Streets of Rage with like Dark Soul mechanics, maybe, but like a Suda Fifty One silliness to it. Like, yeah, just kind of odd, deliberately odd kind of stuff. Like, just like mushrooms and weird, colorful characters, and kind of just. But it also has like this super dingy manhunt kind of look to everything. Like, just yeah gross serial killers like sh- ripped up raincoats and bloody rags around and just kind of I, I've had a couple sessions with it now and my first impression was not super positive because it just kind of throws a bunch of walls of text at you to explain everything like there's just yeah. balloons everywhere with letters on them 
and you have your Rolo decks and there's just text and text and text explaining all this stuff when you're just kind of like, I think I just punched the stuff. This doesn't seem that crazy, but it's kind of just layering a bunch of stuff. Punch stuff. Uh, somehow through all of that, and stuff as well uh, with various weapons. I actually kind of like how you're assigning multiple uh, items to each hand, like the way your inventory for like switching weapons is okay. You kind of have left hand, right hand, and it's just D-pad kind of over to switch between them. Sure. Uh, it's it's alright. But the thing I somehow missed with that first play session was like essentially L-targeting, like locking on. I just didn't yeah. know could so it just felt kind of like wow this is really loose and kind of crappy like this is really bad that there's two guys chasing me and i'm just fucked like there's nothing i can do to line up my punches so i'm maximizing my windows of time this yeah. is really bad i'm so then, glad that i like played around with it and found that right away because yeah, i can't it, imagine no that that first like 90 minutes or whatever was pretty disheartening and then i kind of cracked through that yesterday uh but i don't know it like i guess sort of like dark souls when you die you kind of lose everything but you can go back and recover that person but you need to kill them first so that's a little twist on it like your previous self is now a hater and you need to beat them to death before you can reclaim all of that stuff it's cool actually it's a cool thing i I don't know like i've i have now this disheartening run, I've died twice, so I've lost two people. I don't know if they're both haters in the dungeon, and I can still recover both of them, or if I lose one forever. I'm mm. not sure how exactly that maps to uh, the They've Dark both Souls. been drinking that haterade, so you're probably screwed. They, she was tough. Like, she was tough, and she was also with another... Like, that's the thing. When you're fighting, like, multiple enemies, that still gets hard for me to juggle, and... I guess I got arrogant. I thought I was going through the same area again, so this is going to be easy, and they just kind of threw a level 30 guy in there. Uh, I don't know. It must scale somewhat to you, because I finally realized, like, oh, I can level up. Sweet. And then I'm level 17 now. So then when I went back, it was just like, hey, there's a super tough guy, and he's going to kill you now. And, yeah, that was on, like, the second floor. How far up have you made it? Have you gotten far? Uh, I'm probably two hours in, so, like... I'm past the tutorial stuff, and I've just been kind of like the beginnings of the game, if okay. you will. Yeah, so not very. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just straight I... up say I don't really enjoy it. Uh, I've I've kind of been waffling a bit. I kind of like some of how it handles. Like, I, I sort of generally like it, but it's it's definitely got a bit of clunkiness to it. And the areas are super kind of simple. Like, they don't have that kind of satisfying like area design like dark souls one has so it is not yeah. like dark souls in that respect really i don't know why i'm saying dark souls as much as i am because it kind of isn't as similar <laughs> as i thought it might be uh i mean sure it, i think the problem like is is that it's similar enough in how it controls and plays that when it isn't as smooth and like perfect as the souls games are it actually just feels shitty yeah. Hmm. Like That's kind my of like problem. The no more heroes games when you kill a guy, a bunch of coins fly up in the air, and I like that. <laughs> like that's a little pseudo thing. Uh-huh. Uh That's also like a Scott Pilgrim thing too. That's a fun thing for that's sure. That's a video game thing, I guess. Coins, but you get a bunch of coins. Yeah, I mean, 
it's got some style. That's its thing. It does it have style. Free. Uh, probably the thing is like a friend of mine is playing it and he's raided my dungeon and stuff like that. So I I don't know. I have some kind of social hooks in it to be interested enough to look in a little bit more. I'm not sure how how far down I'm gonna go. Yo, but, you're gonna uh, raid my dungeon? I don't really want to. Like that whole side of the game kind of opened up for me yesterday, and I'm not sure I want that to ever happen. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's like, oh, you got to set up defenses in your waiting room, or other players are going to come in here and steal all your stuff. That's just like, I don't want that to happen. And it's like, please don't. There might be a that might be part of the pay to play kind of stuff, like the insurance. Yeah, that's stuff. um, that was the Metal Gear Solid Five thing. Oh right, raiding bases, you could do that. Yeah, and like you sources. you could have your like main shit raided or whatever, so you would buy like basically defenses or like a peace treaty or something i can't remember what it was to like keep players away while you were gone okay yeah that i don't know i'm just not that interested in that kind of stuff like honestly my dark souls one experience was completely offline like i played through that game with no bloodstains no raiding like just none of that stuff and i was just like oh this is great this is like a really well-designed zelda game or something like it was just this is fun but yeah, with my time with two has also been just like, oh, somebody dropped in and they killed you. Oh, okay, that's that's not what I want, but whatever. See, what I found was fun in three specifically is I was playing through three like alone offline, but then again co op with two other friends. Mm-hmm. So that was online, obviously, and it was kind of fun just being like, somebody joined your game, it's like, oh, let's fucking get them, three dudes, like, running after them. Okay. <laughs> like, that's pretty good, but the problem is, is that people, like, just min-max for PvP in that game, so, like, he would still take out all three of us, because we're just playing and having fun and trying dumb stuff and, like, enjoying it, and this guy comes in with, like, the best gear possible, because he obviously put, like, a hundred hours into it two days ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, there's that problem, but, yeah. I don't know. The PvP part's kind of fun, but it's definitely not my favorite way to first experience a Souls game. Yeah. But, hey, if you have a PlayStation, let it die. It's it's kind of a lot of space, though. I think it's like 48 gigs or something, Ooh. Uh, which is what it's at right now. It might be less, but there was a patch recently that made it more Is that why it took forever to download? Must yeah. Be. PlayStation games have been really big. I've, I've been kind of bumping up against the edges of my like hard drive limit and having to delete stuff a little more frequently than I'd like. Like, just kind of like, I'm not done with this game yet. Like, Doom is taking up 68 gigs. That's not great. That's but... not that bad, considering Gears of War 4 on PC takes up, like, 88 or something. Yeah, but th- there's that taking up 68. There's Uncharted taking up, like, 50-something. And the new DLC stuff comes out soon, so I'm not completely done with that game yet. Are you, like, all digital, then? No, that's the thing. Like, I'm popping in discs, but they are just means of installing the content. Oh, like, they right. do not stream from the disc on the PlayStation. They are just data. So it is all hard drive-based anyway. So, yeah, I have Doom and Uncharted on disc, but that doesn't help me. It doesn't It doesn't trim that down. Uh, and then giant patches come out, and that, that happens. Uh, so, sorry, just kind of just 
backtracking a bit to you were talking about the Resident Evil 7 demo. I have a question yeah. about Resident Evil Code Veronica. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Specifically, like, I heard you and John, I believe, both asserted that this guy, Steve, super sucks. Sure. He's just the worst. I couldn't sure. really find, like, enough summary of how much he sucks on okay. YouTube. Like, I watched a cutscene where he died, and they treated it like, oh, no, this is super tragic. Oh, no, Steve. The, like, Hulk like, the, part? The Yeah. Yeah, like, okay. The game characters love Steve, but the player hates Steve. Okay. It, What's, so yeah, the first th- okay <laughs> the first thing that happens in that game when you meet him is he is on a turret trying to kill your character first of all and like then just, you he is an obstacle shooting a machine gun at you and- no he's just shooting a machine gun at you and then like you shoot out the light near him and he's like wait hold on How-? and then he, it's kind of like one of those like oh you're a human sort of thing it's like, well, of course she's a human. She's holding a handgun. She opened a door slowly, and she's not stumbling into fire. Like, come okay. on. So his excuse is, oh, I thought you were a zombie. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, my adrenaline was pumping. I had to shoot at something. Okay. Uh, at another point, there's a door that has an indentation in it with of uh, two, like, Lugers. Mm-hmm. And you know for a fact that you need two Lugers to like put in that door so that it'll open, unlock, and you can continue on. You find those Lugers real quick after finding that door, but then he runs in and he's like, "These are cool. They're mine now." <laughs> and runs off with them. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, and his whole thing is, well, "I'll give them to you if you trade me for it." So you trade him like some submachine guns you find later on and by later on i mean like a good 15 to 20 minutes later on so like a decent amount of time later okay and then there's that whole thing uh you get those but when he has the double machine guns he likes to use them a lot in cutscenes, and he misses everything all the time and makes the situation worse for you every time he's on the screen basically like there's one part specifically where he's right beside like one of the bad guys or whatever one of the main dudes and is like shooting him and he just like barely clips him with like two submachine guns like face to face like closer than you and i were today like in my office Hmm. so he's useless but in that like same area cutscene, he starts up this uh this what's it called it's like a drill or something to like that you need to get started up to like dig through the earth to uh get out of this area you're in and he hits a gas line full of poisonous gas and it just starts killing you so is he written to be an antagonistic kind of person or does the game think he's like oh no it's it's your buddy steve yeah. He's just kind of screwed it's up. Buddy. Isn't isn't he lovable? It's your buddy like, Steve. This okay. all of this stuff is just annoying character syndrome, which is annoying but fine. Cuz like Where, the characters I've heard of from like uh Code Veronica specifically is Alfred Ashford and his silly laugh. Yeah, but he's but, actually like at least it's a funny silly. It's not like an okay. annoying silly. It's like a this is so bad sort of thing. Mhm. There's a part where you get in a plane crash, your main character is knocked out, and Steve's first thing is to try to kiss you while you're knocked out, unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, there's gross... Like, he's a piece of shit. Okay. The whole time, 
like Claire doesn't show like any real like oh my god he's so cool or like I really like this guy or anything so they don't earn the whole like death sequence at all okay it makes no sense why she's all of a sudden so sad when this like almost antagonistically annoying character has been screwing up everything to try to get them like out of this situation from the get-go so it seems really stupid that she's like torn up about it okay because yeah it's the only scene i saw and it was just like i okay like oh and another annoying thing but i guess he was infected or something yeah another annoying thing that part where he's attacking you he can two-shot you so oh. like a like a normal boss in the or he's like the strongest boss in the game. So not only is he annoying and like he's about to die, his last like gasping breath for attention in this game is if you're not careful you're going to die at that part. Mm. Because he runs he's like his swing is a bigger arc than like you can run away from and he can hit you twice and kill you. You have to heal if he hits you every time yeah okay all right i just want more elaboration on steve so steve sucks maybe <laughs> don't play Cove veronica then sounds Cove like veronica is actually kind of shitty okay that's kind of a shitty game hmm okay resident evil yeah resident evil 7 however is kind of dope did you play any of it uh, I played through the uh like around e3 when they first released the demo i played through it one time and okay. I guess there's a lot of variation in it. Like, I was just kind of like, wow, well, that wasn't very scary, and just kind of moved on. They updated like, the demo twice after that. Okay, okay. So, like, there was actually patches for the demo to change what happens in it and to unlock more. Okay. So now the full demo is out. There's three different endings you can get, and you can kind of, like, find out a little bit more about this weird house and, like, family and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, it's like a, a gross kitchen just you that food has spoiled that's gross i don't like that more importantly um the new update showed off or sorry shows off a new enemy type for that series oh okay the molded it's like a weird gross moldy creature thing hmm. yeah does it, so the same demo i downloaded like a month ago will still work and be updated like i can if you have like automatic updates on if not just update it okay no big deal yeah well maybe i'll i'll give it another look the the thing i remember was just like there's a moment where i got grabbed by an enemy but it just seemed to be so like separate from gameplay like i wasn't moving or controlling anything anymore so it just kind of seemed like a cutscene. which part uh, a lady grabbed me and presumably i died okay like, near a door I think like I was leaving, I think and got grabbed. Does that okay. sound like something that happens? Sure. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed like a hard cut to you are not playing anymore. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Then I'm not worried about this. Cause I have no right ability to respond anyway. Right. I don't know. It was just a little puzzling, but I don't know. First person and walking around and you know, well-realized environments and stuff. I didn't. I didn't really put too much into the like. I guess the videotape thing. I did find a videotape and watch it, and I thought that was kind of a neat narrative device of you walking around with a camera. Yeah. So a reality TV show. Yeah. Do you want to know more, or do you want me to not spoil stuff for you? Uh, for the demo? I can hear. I can hear more if there's something that really impressed you that you want to 
Well, I mean, for that part specifically, it seems like just a cool, weird narrative device, but there's a thing you can do in that demo that will carry over to when, or sorry, that videotape that will carry over to when you're like actually in the house because the videotape happened before, right? Yeah. Like you get like captured or knocked out or whatever at the end of the videotape. And you you can can reveal something to the character? No, you can actually just like, there's a locked, I'm just going to tell you straight up, there's a locked drawer that you can't open in the demo. But in the videotape, you can get a lockpick in the same room and open it in the tape. And then when you're in the real world, it's open. It will be unlocked? Oh, yeah. okay. So there's something like that, and I think that's cool. Like, that's going to be probably a cool thing that you're going to work on for puzzles. I like. Okay. Um, that whole sequence is actually, like, a ghost hunting thing. Uh, there's a girl ghost that shows up seven different times in seven areas that you need to like see her a few times to be able to unlock the true ending oh weird okay this is what i'm saying this demo is bananas deep (laughs) okay yeah like yeah i just spent like you know half hour demo time with it and it was just like okay yeah i don't know that i'd be interested in watching you play it because you don't like you haven't played through it a whole bunch. Like I've been, wa- the problem is, is that I didn't know it was the demo was going to come out on PC because they didn't really announce anything until like two weeks before it did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a PS4. So I was just like, I need to like live this demo. Uh, so I'll just do it by watching like the resident evil community, that community people that I like watching. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of that demo and then, like, it kind of ruined the experience of playing it blind and figuring stuff out for myself. So I'd be interested to, like, watch somebody play it blind. I, I think. Next time I'm over, maybe I'll pick yeah. it up. Yeah, for sure. We should out. do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I could always share on PlayStation, but I don't... I haven't done that, really, very much. Yeah, I don't so. know what that's all about. Is that kind of like the Steam thing where I can, like, watch you play? I mean, I, it's a lot of... You can sh- stream directly from the console. No, I know that. But that's not yeah. the same thing, I don't think. As what I'm talking about. I think there's a thing where you oh. can just, like, have your friends watch you play. Really? I Lately think so. Remote spectate what you're doing? Yeah, I, I think so. Because when I was looking through the settings, one of them was... Um, what the hell was it? Like, allow friends to request to view your game or something. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Hmm. Okay. I I haven't done a lot of stuff with the friends list on there, so. Right. Um, I guess speaking of loading times, though, impacting the experience. Yeah. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever on the PC. That's not uh, the worst. No, it thing. loads pretty, pretty fast. It that, loads that's very thing. fast. I'm saying, like, I was kind of putting myself back five years to like when Duke Nukem forever came out and was like watching the quick look on John bomb, listening to a podcast where they talk about it, stuff like that. Just kind of be like, remember when this came out? What people were really mad. And one of the key things was the loading times on the console versions were excruciatingly terrible. Like they were like a minute long and every time you died, it would throw you into a loading screen. So it just kind of made it that much worse. Whereas actually that's the problem I've been having with final fantasy, uh, 15, is it's that just long loads after you fail or no when i start up the game it takes me like 10 minutes to just like wait through shit oh, <laughs> like okay. it's so long 
And apparently it doesn't get any better. People were saying, like, out of, like out of your, like, 60-hour game experience, how much of it was loading? Like, maybe 10 hours worth? And I was just like, oh, fuck, he's probably right. Because, like, out of my hour that I played last night, a good 20 minutes of it was waiting through loads. Mm. That's gross. That's fucking gross. gross. You know, it's also gross. Yeah, Duke Nukem Forever. So, I actually... It's weird that you bring this up, because I actually played a little bit of it, like, maybe three hours worth, about half a year ago, maybe? Four months or so, maybe? Yeah. Had you not played it before? I had. I actually played it when it came out. I rented it. Okay. I I played the demo at the PAX where it was kind of re-revealed. Yeah. Uh, I think I wrote up a summary of that time. You did. Pixel Response. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't remember really when I picked this up. It must have been in a Steam sale or something. I think my threshold for it was like, I will pay no more than $5. For I got it basically for free in a Humble Bundle that had like two or three games I wanted. And it was like in the pay what you want minimum tier. So I was oh, like, okay. oh, this is basically free. So I got it that Maybe way. Maybe that's when I got it too. I don't know. But I just saw that it was listed in my Steam stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I want to see this. Like it, it's been that legendary game that has been around for a decade, like lost in development hell forever, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's not, it's not good. I kind of felt comfortable with just how it was structured or something. Like it's just like, oh, this is a PC game from that era, like from two thousand three or something. Like it just felt familiar somehow so well, I, I mean it plays like an xbox time game. with all of its shittiness because it's just like yeah this was just what games were like mm-hmm. like an original xbox game yeah okay yeah just just making sure that the dated quality of it is is because yeah it's just i don't know it, or like not quite as old as like n64 era or something but similarly like stiff and just kind of like hey look at this environment and that's it like that's all it's int- you know it's just isn't that cool? There's like a big fountain here or something, or you can draw on this whiteboard or whatever. Like, it's just kind of, this is not spectacle anymore, but that's all there is. So whatever, I'll just shoot these pig cops with a shotgun and move on. The stomping is terrible is the thing. Like you can't use your boot in the same awesome yeah, way. Yeah. 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 3d. You're right. It's really bad. Like you just kind of have to look down at stuff that is small enough to stomp on. And he might, it I don't know. I found it quite unsatisfying. The game but, uh, actually makes me sick. I get sick of playing after like, like after an hour or so. Or something. Or yeah, I it... think so. Maybe like the depth of uh, or the field of view, like depth of field, is too low or something. I get okay. super sick after like after two to three hours. I actually feel more like my head throbbing. That's why I never got like past a certain, a certain part. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, I think I did about two 90-minute sessions. Uh, I killed a, the, you know, I think it might have been called the Bitch Mother. It was a big alien boss thing. With That's, like, minutes. the first five minutes. No, no, no. That's the, in the first five minutes, there's the big. Oh, uh, oh right, right. Okay. Uh, this was a little more involved. You had to, like, bounce a thing off a wall, like a grenade. Right behind its shield, and then you could shoot its boobs with your rocket launcher. This is terrible. Like it's terrible. It's not sophisticated. It's it's just 
Duke Nukem has a big gun. He's got sunglasses. He's saying stupid things. Like, an observation that was in the Giant Bomb Quick Look was it just kind of looks like they threw a bunch of effects on everything, but it's like an old game underneath it all. And I kind of see that. Like, it's just kind of everything's just got, like, too much light bloom on it and just, like, weird, like, slime effects just kind of everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's a it, gross game. It's not, it's like, a, yeah, it's a gross game, but to a certain kind of generation of podcast listening people or something, like, if you were just paying attention to the video game industry, yeah, during a certain window of time, this game became kind of a legend, so I don't feel bad about having it or, like, I might play more of it just to kind of see. I think I was in the area with the infamous boob walls, but I don't know okay. that I saw them. Like, I just kind of, it was a really dark, kind of crappy area, so I might have just walked past it and not noticed that. But Maybe that they patched the them out. I don't think they would bother. Like, that doesn't seem like what they'd do with that. I don't know, I don't know what prompted it exactly, other than just, I've been, like, I was playing a lot of Doom, which is kind of an old throwback-y shooter, but well-realized, I guess. Whereas this is, like, stiff and kind of not exactly fun it doesn't have a great feel or action loop or anything it just kind of it makes me wonder if duke nukem was ever fun though because maybe maybe forever is actually just super true to how duke nukem was back then it's the only difference is we were like 10 so yeah it was all funny and yeah a lot of the funny falls flat totally yeah I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say things that hadn't been said, but yeah, Duke Nukem Forever, it's it's there. It happened. I guess there is that Bulletstorm talk with like Duke Nukem is coming back in a weird new way, where he's being added as a playable character to a Bulletstorm re-release. Yeah. Which I, I never got through all of Bulletstorm, and that at least seemed to have like some inventive action mechanics in it. Like, it just kind of... Yeah demanded more of your shooting than just shoot their head it was kind of i think i played like 15 minutes of it i own it i think but i haven't yeah i have it on ps3 i probably put a couple hours in but i don't know i don't i'm not sure if i'm that intrigued by that or not but people can fly have made some fun action games so sure yeah let's talk Let's talk about oh. Doom a little bit, since you brought okay. it up. How are you liking Doom? The reason I ask is because I've been playing more of it myself. Uh, I've generally been enjoying it, but I'm definitely at a point where I'm kind of ready for it to be over. And not yeah. exactly because of, like, oh man, this is way too challenging. Like, the part I'm at isn't even combat heavy right now. It's just kind of, I feel like I got the MacGuffin, I've been to hell, I've been back, I'm here again. Like, I just feel like they're kind of just drawing out the final bit a little bit and it's just kind of i don't know i i had my fill right. of its action so pacing, how many hours it i don't know that it really tells you i'm trying to oh right just, you're playing on console my bad I i'm don't. playing on console i'd guesstimate at least a dozen hours like okay uh, yeah i yeah. feel like I put in a campaign's worth of time i feel uh, like you've probably i think you're around the end I think people were saying it's about as long as you said. So you're probably at like 10 or 11. I bet you're around the end. No, I feel like I'm really like at the final thrust. Of okay. It. Like it's yeah. it's going to be over. It's just, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like momentum is really built up. I played that game in a very kind of segmented way. I think you were kind of saying you did too. Where I'm maybe pl- a or two a night max. I'm currently yeah doing that for sure because it, it just kind of has very distinctly like you got five combat medals, you got to the end of the thing, like loading screen. All right, I I did a level. I'm good for today. So I I yeah. played it like that over a couple weeks and. Well, you know, I still generally enjoy very much the way it flows and plays in the arsenal and all that kind of stuff. Uh, with, I guess, one exception with the enemies we were kind of talking about. I just don't like how pinky demons can kind of throw off the whole flow yeah. of things. Because it's just like, they're just invincible unless you shoot them in the back. And it's just kind of, that's not fun. I have rockets. I'm shooting it. This should just work. Like, stop it. This is This is ruining everything. Because it's just kind of... I'm dodging, I'm shooting everything, I'm flying around, and then, oh crap, it's a pinky demon, there's nothing I can do except dodge around it or jump over it, oh shit, I got hit and I died instantly. Like, it just kind of yeah. seems to be able to one, one hit you like that, and I don't know, it's it's thrown off my, uh, my combos, I guess, a couple times. Sure. But, where, where are you at? Like, did you get a fairly large gun or anything, or... <laughs> I'm on my way back to hell. Okay. Again. I should say, I guess. I'm trying to think how many times <laughs> I've been to hell now. The first time you go is pretty sweet. There's like a yep. big kind of build up to being able to. Yep. Um it's pretty good. Okay. So the second time and then you come back and you realize that you just want to be back in hell because <laughs> it's kind of boring being on like a Mars station again. Like every other game, I guess I kind of like the Mars Station area though. Like I okay. think I, I like Hell better. Okay, well I don't know. There's plenty of both, so Doom in in stores now. Yeah, I I don't know what I really want. Like else, like what else I want from that game? Like it's not really the multiplayer. I guess I just yeah. I've just played a bunch of it. I'm kind of I'm happy with what it is. I just have kind of had enough for now <laughs> i feel uh, bad because the more and more i play it the like less and less i want to like i'm getting my fill right it's mm-hmm. like okay like it's kind of like the same with uh the original doom is i don't ever remember beating it as a kid mainly because like my parents didn't like me playing that and stuff when it came out mm-hmm. and then i kind of just forgot it existed for a long time until it like came back um but when Doom and Doom 2 came out on the XBLA, me and a friend one night, we just, like, were hanging out and just took turns, like, passing the controller back and forth and played, like, 12 hours or something of those games. Okay. And then I never touched them again until now, like a Doom oh, game. Okay. Because okay. I got my fill at that time, and that was, like, five years ago. <laughs> so I'm thinking that, like if I see this through to the end and just like do the final push, that's probably going to take me a while. I'm not going to want another doom for a good long while. Like five, five years. Like it's, it's really, really good at what Mm -hmm. it does. It's really good at recreating that feeling from the past for a new generation, but it's super monotonous. Really? 
Yeah, like they can kind of throw new areas and kind of add a couple more types of monsters as they go along. But yeah, I guess where I'm at, there's not going to be any new demons. It's just different combinations of them. Right. And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I've got all the weapons. I just at like at some point my upgrading has stagnated a bit because I I can't just throw points at stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. I need to accomplish mastery achievements or something for them. And it's just kind of, I don't know when I'd ever be able to kill two with one shot from the super shotgun. Like, that's just not happening frequently. Oh, I use really? it a lot. Because, but... like, those mastery achievements are, like, what I live for in that game. I love okay. unlocking them and then just being like, all right, I'm using this gun for, like, an hour until I get this. Hmm. Like, that's I, I guess my maybe favorite I'll, part. Maybe I'll, like, pay closer attention to what they're asking of me and try that out to kind of get me through this last stage of the game because I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've kind of just been defaulting to my favorites over and over. So what are your favorites? Uh, rocket launcher and shotgun, the super shotgun or normal shotgun. I've kind of been using the normal shotgun. Sure. More, with the like mods. I like it more myself too. Yeah. With the explosion shot and everything. It's, yep. it's pretty good. Uh, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to see that through before, uh, everyone spoils the ending next week on every podcast. I don't know what to expect really with game of the year, but, uh, yeah. Or if anything noteworthy happens in that story in the final act that they'd bother telling you, I was going to say, so, I don't think it will, to be honest, like doom guy like shoots this demon and then like kicks its eyeball into its head. And it's crazy. And then he goes to sleep again until the next game and then you realize you were the demon all along and then 2028 is when the next one's coming out it's gonna be because it wasn't doom 3 2004 it was a long time yeah okay sure so i don't know you know you're on a five-year schedule for doom but you know it might be a while before this next one i'm okay with that (laughs) i I just want to ask one one question more about id stuff like yeah do you care about quake are you excited about yeah. Quake? Okay. Yeah, I am actually. I do like Quake. For for its multiplayer angle on stuff? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the single player, aspects. I never cared about. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, hopefully that turns out, too. I haven't looked at the multiplayer in Doom at all. I've heard people have been saying it's kind of lackluster, but if the combat feels as good as it does... It does. It feels good. It, it, it feels like yeah. a weird Doom cross Halo thing it's fun okay. i kind of i like halo multiplayer. i know you like halo i think you'll like it honestly it plays a little bit different but it's still smooth okay yeah but all of these things are just kind of well i guess that's staying installed in my hard drive so what, what right. can't go uh like i've just been deleting a bunch of indie games and stuff that i meant to play but probably won't realistically get around to I should probably go through everybody's gone to the rapture one afternoon so I can get rid of it. Like, so I'm going to talk about the PlayStation Four a little bit and how I'm a bit disappointed because okay, okay. like I didn't um, realize this was a thing. So my PS3 was like my console of choice for years before like I upgraded my PC and went that route. Okay. Um, because of this, I have. A little under, I think, like, eight years of just, like, PSN games, uh, PS Plus free stuff that I could re-download, Rock Band stuff, all of this. Mm-hmm. None of that carries over to the PS4. Yeah. 
that's oh, shitty. Yeah. That's really shitty. That's like a bad well, thing. Okay, I sorry, I guess you're ninety nine percent yes. Like there's a few where they have kinda given you a free updated version for the PS4. Like I know with the that game company games, I think it was, like Flower and Journey and stuff, they're just like, Hey, you get the PlayStation Four version. Like don't worry about it. And then you could just get that. Maybe I have but, to look up a list or something of but nine, yeah, a lot, that. a lot of stuff is just that is only on the PlayStation Three. I guess just because the the architecture is so different, uh, and also they're they're really pushing that PlayStation Now service, which yeah, I yeah. never really looked at. Uh, I guess end of this story for me. Uh, our PlayStation Three is also currently hooked up to yeah. our entertainment no, center. No, this like, is what I was getting at. Is that um the PS Four is hooked up to one of those like anytime ports or whatever so anytime i turn it on no matter what channel it's on or whatever it'll like go to the playstation 4 and load it up Mm -hmm. so i've been having it where i'm just like consistently on the hdmi like source on my tv for the ps3 and then if i like want to play a ps4 thing i'll just turn the ps4 on and it'll like kick the ps3 off and then when i turn the ps4 off i'll go back to ps3 and that's a ridiculous thing to have to do just that it didn't really replace the previous one it's just kind of another thing like just here's the thing i had the playstation 3 fat and i was happier than a pig in shit i could play like my old games everything was good right yeah then i got a little pissy because it yellow buttoned on me yellow lighted which is like their equivalent of the red red ring. ring yeah yeah and um I had to get another one, so I got a new PlayStation 3 at the time. And that did not have backwards compatibility. However, they were releasing some of my favorite games on um, the PSN like store, the PS Store, for as like PlayStation 1 classics and PS2 games and all that stuff and giving some of the old PlayStation 1 games out with PS Plus. So I was happy again. I was like, you know what? It's about time I got, like, a digital version of this anyway. Like, I really like Resident Evil, so of course I'm going to buy it again for five bucks. Big deal. Mm-hmm. And to, like, just have it on the hard drive to play whenever. And, like, that sort of thing. So I was happy again. I was like, you know what? Fine. If you're not going to let me play my old discs, at least give me, like, the option to get it again. I do- I'm not happy anymore. I don't want to buy them again, and I can't even. They're not on <laughs> the new store. Like... I'm so fucking angry about that because that's my thing is that I grew up with PlayStation. So this new version of it is like cutting away from that. They're like, we don't fucking care about your childhood with us. Get the new thing, the HD remaster, you fucking bitch. This, that's what this they said to me. Been... <laughs> Implicitly. Yeah. With th- this has been the HD remaster generation for sure. Like everything is getting. I mean, I was just talking about Bulletstorm. Like that matters, and that's coming back full price. It's yeah. I, I don't know. And here's the thing, right? Is that Super I, Star Wars was on? <laughs> I bought the uh, HD remaster of Final Fantasy X and X Two mm-hmm. on the PS3. And I don't get a PlayStation 4 version of it. I'd have to pay another 60 bucks. See, Unless okay. that's oh, one man. of the free upgrade things. I have to look into this more. 
If it's I, nice, I super no. fucked up my Final Fantasy X HD purchase because I bought it on my Vita assuming it was cross-play because <laughs> everything was right. that year, it seems. And it was just like, wait, where, where's my where's my Final Fantasy? Like, I just assumed it was like an easy way to purchase it at night while I was in bed kind of thing. Like, I just, you know, yeah, I'll buy that. Now the only way I could play that is on the Vita, and that's never, ever, ever going to happen. Like right because so, you're not crazy. I'm not crazy. Why? Well, right. I my purchase history says I'm crazy. <laughs> right, but I'm not crazy. Like I I thought they were more generous than that, but they were not. So yeah, no. Square will charge you three times for that game. Uh, and I you know hey I think I finally figured out the sphere grid, but I I'll never be able to employ that knowledge. So it's a shame. You'll never be able to hear the laugh again. I think that legacy stuff, their only kind of thing for that is the PlayStation Now stuff. Like, I think that's where they'd want to focus your attention. I'm just like, no, we still care about PlayStation. Look at this. But it is is unfortunate that it isn't just there for you, that legacy stuff. Like, I still have to boot up to, for PlayStation Plus, get the new PlayStation Plus stuff on the PS3 because it's never the same. Right. Which I guess is cool because that means I'm getting more games, but less and less likely I'm going to go back and play giant sprawling stuff on the PS3. But I might. I don't know. Like the other it, thing that annoys a- me is that I wish I had kept up my PS Plus subscription and just downloaded the PS or the PlayStation app for when I eventually got a PlayStation Four to have stuff. Oh, like while you were subscribed, keep shoring up those free titles yeah because i don't like and they don't retroactively give you any of it yeah which i I don't expect them to to like to be clear Mm -hmm. i'm just like saying now that i wish i had done that my assumption was that i could get like a lot of the stuff i had because why wouldn't i be able to it's old shit that you can play on like a fucking phone emulator Mm -hmm. but nope I think you would have been able to, yeah, go on the PlayStation Store. I was doing that uh, when I knew I was going to get one, but didn't have one yet. Like, I think I got Contrast and, like, Resogun and stuff by just going online and... Yeah, that, that was smart. That's smart. So, I, I probably missed a couple somewhere in there, but... I'm going to go ahead and say to anybody out there listening, you should do the same if you ever plan on getting a PS4. Like, if you have, like, a PS3 and, like already have PlayStation Plus, just download that fucking app, man, and, like, download your... Claim your stuff. Claim your shit. Your future gaming Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when the last time I've been, like, super impressed with a a PlayStation Plus game was, really, though. Like, I guess Yakuza 5, I appreciate that they put that there, but I haven't actually played it, so... Yeah. I appreciate the gesture, though. I'm, I'm not 100%. Sure, but anyway, PlayStation. Fuck it's, them. But also, yay, because PT? Or no? I don't have PT. I know. I, I don't know if I can give you PT. Like, I don't know if I can recommend it to you and there's some secret backdoor way of still getting it. No, because I'm pretty sure they just would have, like, the internet would have had everybody do that. If they, Yeah, you're right. There would have been a secret, like... 
not even a secret. There would have just been ways to hand it around and share. This there would have been thing. a PlayStation 4 community where it's like join to get PT, and then like somebody would message you when you joined it to like right download it from here, and then you could like unjoin, and it would have been a thing for sure. Yeah. So, do you have any interest? Like, hey, I got it. If you want to come over and play it, check it out firsthand. You know, I kind of don't. Okay. Because Fair it looks. Enough. To me, it looks like a more boring Resident Evil 7. If they've kind of added a lot of density to it, yeah. it's uh, Resident Evil 7 has a gun and an axe. Like, it has weaponry. Uh, Yeah, PT doesn't have that. You can right. zoom in on stuff. You can kind of look at stuff. It's crazy. Right. Um, you can look at stuff like uh, videos on YouTube. That's not true. I just had to lie to get okay. the stuff. Yeah. Bumpy, bumpy paths. We should say because I don't. We haven't done a podcast since, besides like that weird one with Hank, where we just kind of did whatever. Just improvise um, like conversation time. Yeah, yeah. We should say you've like you're back online. You're part of like the Discord. You're part of actually yeah. two Discords. I, it's true. I'm on two Discords. Uh, you're back I, on Reddit full time. <laughs> oh my god, that's the thing. Yeah, Reddit is insidious in how. It just you just keep scrolling, man. There's just new content. There's just new stuff. You were kind of lecturing me that you use Reddit different than I do, and I'm not sure what you mean exactly. Okay, so the way the way um, it sounds like you use Reddit is you'll open up the app, and you probably have like on your home page or whatever you're logged in, so you have like whatever you want on your front page, sort of thing. Like your subreddits, I'm like interested in. Yeah, yeah. I go to Reddit if I want to know about one specific thing for like an hour. So I'm like, I won't go to reddit.com. I'll go to reddit.com slash r slash resident evil and just browse that subreddit for an hour or like r slash silent hill and just browse that for a while. I won't look at random shit on Reddit at all. Okay. That's probably a wise way to It's weird, man, because I know, I know what will happen if I just go to reddit.com. Like I won't. All, I won't all, leave it. Just like, hey, what's going on here? Oh man, that's crazy. Oh look like, at that. I'll be taking oh, a bathroom this? break, and instead of like taking one minute, I'll be in there for two hours, and then I'll get deep vein thrombosis, and then I'll die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've died several times. Uh, <laughs> no. No. But there has been kind of just time disappearing. I'm just like, what? Oh man. And like, definitely interrupting. No, I'm not saying interrupting, but contributing to staying up way later again which has been a off and on thing uh, for me. So I have like a handful of subreddits I'm like actually interested in, but then it's like, oh, no one's posting on here right now. All right, well, switch back to just everything. And uh, Do you want to go ahead and discuss what those uh, subreddits are, or are they secret? They're not secret. It's uh, like Meg64, Giant Bomb, uh, Ask Reddit, which I should probably get out of there, but I'm suddenly just like, because, you know, I can answer in theory. Maybe someone will be like, what's your favorite Godzilla movie? And I'll be like, oh, finally. And then Smog Monster. It's the best one. Uh, it's not true. But it's Shin Godzilla now, probably. But anyway. Um, Waypoint. I think I'm still following Waypoint. I'm not really sure why. Because uh, I don't a read big anything. Fan. I don't read the stuff. I just listen to the podcast. So I guess I'm a podcast fan. Okay. But... That's that's kind of the extent of it. But yeah, it's just they're kind of small communities, so there's not infinite stuff all the time, which is kind of what I expect when Reddit is involved. So 
but it, that's probably also the danger. I, oh, it also does kind of create a weird, like, I don't know. It just seems like every thought anyone could ever have has already been expressed on a thread somewhere. Like, you're just kind of like, you, you know, if you do see a topic where you do have an opinion and then you check the comments and you're like, oh, shit, this is basically exactly how I would have worded my opinion. Like, I have some clone somewhere. Like, it just kind of makes you feel like less of an individual. If that, do you get that? Has that ever no. happened? Okay. Nah. I guess because you're not using Reddit the wrong way. So good job. Don't, or don't, I'm not using find, it the right way, maybe. Don't find alternate Paul Fleck. Like, there's another guy somewhere who's way into Resident Evil. And oh, there's, just, yo, there's a <laughs> lot of people that are really into Resident Evil, and I, like, watch them on a nightly basis to see what their new speedrun record is. <laughs> Okay. I know they're okay. out there. I know. But you're right. I'm not I'm never supposed to meet them. Otherwise, yeah, like the universe will implode. Self-perception is just like, what the hell? Like you're What am I what am I? What do I Oh, what do I have to contribute? But so I guess through one of these things, uh Meg 64, uh that led down a little trail. So uh I'm a subscriber to their Patreon. I give those guys money cuz I like what they do. Okay. And, yeah. Um, so they posted a video where it's a blind box is what it's called. Rocco does this show where he kind of just talks to collectors and like uh, fiendish, you know, enthusiasts about stuff. Uh, this week's was uh, Aaron from Game Grumps showing off the Game Grumps game collection. So sure. just kind of going through all of these weird games down there. Doshin the Giant was probably the one I was most like, oh, what? That's crazy. I didn't know it came out in Europe. Like, I was just excited about that. Do you know that game? No, Maybe. I don't, actually. No. Uh, I remember it because it was there were screenshots from it in Nintendo Power when I was subscribed to it because uh, there was some talk that it might come to North America. Okay. Uh, it never did. But it, it's essentially a god game. You play a giant who kind of manages an island full of villagers. And I watched some footage of it, and it looks really boring. But I was excited about it in 2002 or whatever, because sure. I did, you know, what else? I had a GameCube, and that was it. So I was I was looking for anything. Uh, but still, just kind of hearing like these kind of weird, deep cut games and just kind of weird stuff got me intrigued about Game Grumps in a way I hadn't been. I've I've seen a handful of things here and there. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, even you've been on the opposite end and been completely dismissive of, of Game Grumps specifically. Yeah, yeah. When did? Okay, sorry. I mean, I, I, I no, no, I don't really care. Like, okay, like I said when we were talking in person and the stuff that never got recorded. Yeah, they, I have no, like, they have no impact on my life. <laughs> So I don't, I really don't care. I mean, I actually saw a bunch of them at the game days panel that we went to in 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, 15? I think it was 15. Yeah. Sure. No. It was probably 14? It's probably 14. I'm just going to say it was probably 14 instead. Okay. So game days 2014. Uh, they were there, and you know, it's, I've, I've been kind of aware of, uh, all of that for a while. You know, Metal Gear Awesome. Uh, I watched the end of the tester. There's just kind of been familiarity with Ego Raptor and stuff like that. Anyway, I started watching the Sonic series, and you gave me some alarming news uh, that Sonic 06 is never completed. Is that true? Right. Yeah. That was um, one of the big reasons yeah, this is why. Like 11 episodes in, I just <laughs> fought Silver and everything. 
That was um. Sound oh, it to sound. Did you get to the "It's No Use" episode? Yeah. Okay, that's it's a good no one. Use. It was pretty good. It's really good. That was um, not fun, but I guess that's why I didn't have to play it. I I kind of get the vicarious enjoyment of video game viewership because it's bad games you want to see. Yeah. Because then you don't have to suffer through it. You just get to be amused. Right, but, or, like, you don't have to pay money to, like, get this thing you're not probably going to like. Like, it's just better to view something you are pretty sure you're going to hate. Yeah, and, you know, skipping over redoing sections and stuff like that. But, yeah. so, right, I guess there's some technicalities to this. So they do see the credits roll because Sonic defeats Dr. Eggman or something. But there's some incentive to play through that game multiple times as multiple characters. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Like adventure was structured. I, I really, well, I mean, first of all, like going back to the grunts themselves, that was one of the big reasons people were pissed off about the whole John thing leaving and like making conspiracy theories about like, whatever like there was a whole subreddit of course that the last one they did before john tron left or yes he left during that that's why oh. they didn't finish see because i scrolled like way deep into like the playlists like this is an old one i'm pretty sure this is some old stuff but you're saying that was the end of the old stuff <laughs> like that's yeah okay. like okay. there was that, that and some like game grumps versus where like the two hosts or whatever play like a competitive game against each other or whatever Mm -hmm. thrown in there but like that was it okay and that's like one of the things that pissed people off because they put so much time and effort into that series and like people love that series because it's probably some of the best stuff they've done honestly like they had good chemistry during it the game gave them a lot of like funny dumb things that they could laugh at and make fun of like Mm -hmm. It was just a good series, and, like, right when they were about to finish it, they kind of, like, have a little breakup or whatever, so the fan base, like, rioted, essentially. Huh. When did this happen? Like, I I, I was I was still around. I guess I just didn't... I wasn't when would that have been? That 2011, 2012? Okay, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. The ignorant about that uh i've subsequently been watching a bunch of the like uh game grumps animated which is just kind of highlights but animated by various youtubers and kind of right summarizing little bits and stuff uh ducktales was pretty funny i don't know there's a bunch of stuff those guys have been making content for years and there's lots of it uh and some of it has laughs in there so a-okay but yeah, yeah. i don't know i think it was just kind of Something just lended credence to it. I seeing the game collection and just being like, "Oh, he knows his shit." Like I didn't, I wasn't sure. I just saw. No, Nestor, it was definitely know. at a time when you were just snarking about like YouTube people in general. I think it's because of PewDiePie. I was pretty scared of the future, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh man, I had a weird turning point with some of that too. I not to the point where I'm like way. I'm one of the bros and I'm watching all the stuff, but. Should we okay. talk about PewDiePie for a second? Because he's been doing he weird shit. Or something? Okay, sure. If you got some new PewDiePie news, I watched some weird like uh, him addressing people. Anyway, it, I I've watched like a, a video to completion. It was essentially just him talking about people being critical of his uh, 
they were calling him Nazi. They were saying he right. had said uh, per, like Nazi stuff, and he was addressing that and calling everybody salty, which was also one of the first times I've heard that phrase be used that way. So really interesting. Yeah. That's a pretty uh-huh. big like yeah, thing people so. say recently, people anyway. Say. And now um, I'm, so th- thanks for that. Uh, wh- what Felix. what's his name? Felix. There you go. So that video in particular was kind of interesting because it felt like he was definitely sick of shit. <laughs> and he was kind of almost attacking like these people calling them out on their bullshit at least. And like, just being like, this is like slander. Like this is actually bullshit <laughs> and like terrible things to say. Or yeah. whatnot. And like, he knows man. Like he even says in like that video and other videos, how like, I don't really care about the, like, it's cool to hate PewDiePie thing or the, we hate PewDiePie train. Like he knows he's not an idiot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, he, for a long time, like, a lot of his videos were basically just, like, almost weird vlogs or something. Like, he did do straight up a bunch of vlogs when he was shooting that, like, YouTube Red shit or okay. whatever, that show. But, um, he was also just doing some weird stuff where, like, I think a video was, like, these challenges, like, try not to smile challenge where, like, it's showing like he, the person who's taking the challenge has like their webcam on or whatever. And they're watching the, like, try not to smile or laugh video. It's just that sort of thing. Like he was doing that sort of thing for a while instead of like gameplay stuff. Okay. And then when he was getting close to 50 million subscribers, he was, did a video that said that he was going to delete his YouTube channel at 50 million subscribers and like started a big controversy there and he ended up deleting like one of his secondary channels that he didn't care about, but okay, it's still kind of a big deal because his secondary channel had like one point something million subscribers on it, so he was still getting like revenue off of it. Hmm. But whatever, it okay. He's I, been doing you know weird shit to stir stuff up, basically I lately. Pro- I probably saw that that Nazi addressing thing through Reddit anyway, <laughs> so it's all just like, oh, what's this on the front page? Weird and yeah, bleh, watching it. Uh, so that has happened. Um, I, I don't know, just trying to come to terms with the modern internet and what's going on and how, how things work now, instead of just being mad that it isn't like 50 years ago, I guess. Yeah. Why is it an old Hollywood? I think I understand that. That just made more sense. But, but more importantly that like what's happening now doesn't take away or detract from like the other stuff that's always there and is classic for a reason. Yeah. Like there's a reason why it's called a classic and why like some like some of these like YouTube people will be forgotten about next year. <laughs> like they're not going to last very long. They're a fad. Like everything just, on the internet is a fad these days. I I guess it's hard to kind of like with reddit kind of presenting new things to me like all the time it's just like what the hell is this what is this this is huge apparently and just kind of like finding out oh no yeah but it started two years ago like you're right it comes and goes really quickly like empires rise and fall in a 24 months i don't don't know yeah it's but uh i guess just back back down the trail back to where we were before how this started with me there was a thing in that Mega 64 like a uh, game collection video that I kind of hadn't really thought about which was uh there was a demo for Resident Evil 4 
included yeah. in this like compilation pure evil thing yep. for GameCube. That's right. And I guess it, it just kind of tickled some stuff about just like, oh man, like demos are way rarer than shipping games because who cares? Like it, that will come out and just be ported everywhere if it's successful. Like Resident Evil 4 is everywhere. But this weird specific version of it is uh, kind of hard to come by. So I, I watched some footage of that. And just marveled at, like, the inventory system was different. The way enemies move was a little bit different. Like, there's just kind of peculiarities to it. But yeah. it's it's a game, like, I'm, I've am i played through several times and I've seen a bunch over the last decade. But it's just different. It's It was kind of cool. Uh, and it also made me kind of freak out because I was like, oh, shit, I hope I didn't throw away my Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. Because it's just, that's rarer than Metal Gear Solid 2. You know, right. I have a Resident Evil 2 demo that came with Resident Evil Director's Cut. Dude, what's what's on there? What is it different? It's you, the it's the Le- that out there already. Like you gotta. It's you uh, Leon's A campaign side of the streets that you go through. I can't remember if there's a cutscene with uh, Kendo, the shop, the gun shop owner, or not. Okay. There might not have been. You get to the police station, and instead of Ada coming instead of you meeting up with ada in the garage like about half an hour or so into the game you like the demo ends with like this mysterious woman who takes a shot at you in the star's office and then like it doesn't even do the full pan up to her face huh okay it's weird more mysterious than the final game because it's a tease i should like put that find a system that that'll play in and just like stream that or something yeah, just because those are so unique as opposed to the finished game is readily available, kind of like it was. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It just kind of stirred up a bit of that collector lust for like weird oddities weird demos. like that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm pretty sure I like I would have been in that era where it's just like I'm in Best Buy or something. It's like, oh, the Pure Evil Collection. I already have those games. And then just like walk away. But it's yeah. like, dude, you should trade those in and get this because this is like you should this is exclusive stuff is on here you know like i just didn't think that way back then so what about that chainsaw controller i know i was like that's dumb that doesn't look comfortable i'm not gonna buy that that like ps2 chainsaw controller version is like kind of rare and then there's like a black version of that ps2 chainsaw version or controller and that's super rare (laughs) so and these were just you know, these were just available in stores when I was into games. I just didn't when you think worked about there. It. No, yeah. that would have been before. <laughs> that, oh, really? Well, I was like, I think I started there in like 2010 or something. So, I mean, there would have been this weird period. There was stuff where it would be like someone would come trying to trade stuff in, and it technically has like no value in the system anymore because EB doesn't care, but. Right, you could you could acquire it yourself if you were willing to do business like that. Um, Did you ever steal from EB? No, I got accused of doing so though, and was really bummed out about it when I left. Yeah, I was just like, "Did you take a used PSP? I have two PSP. No, I I own those. I wouldn't. Why would I do that? But yeah, there was apparently that was a thing." For GameStop and EB, like every a lot of people that work there, that like 
either just talk on the internet now or like do internet stuff or whatever just mm-hmm. like admit to being like yeah it was just like a common thing for people to be like well i can't give you like anything but store credit for that game but i'll give you like 10 bucks cash right now for it and stuff which apparently they didn't want their employees doing and like just like taking pre-orders for themselves and stuff like a bunch of like kind of underhanded stuff i guess i will clarify if you're just saying like underhanded stuff i don't know that's underhanded but there was a a couple occasions where games would come up with trade value zero and they were trading in a bunch of stuff and they're just like dude i don't care i don't want that yeah and i i would be like i'm gonna take the garbage out oh i have wwe smackdown 2008 and guitar hero world tour now I don't or really some, care. Yeah, but, something like, about um, now. something about you just reminded me. Somebody saying like it was common practice where like sometimes to get rid of stock you would have to do like a zero out on it or whatever they would call mm-hmm. it or something like that, and then like you're supposed to destroy it, but most people would just like keep it even though the company considered it stealing. Okay, I don't kinda- know. One, I seriously, like, don't consider theft on my part at all. It was uh, at Blockbuster when they were closing. Uh, there was a just completely fine Xbox 360 wired controller just in our dumpster. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, someone else had been emptying out, like, inventory or whatever. And it was, like, cut up, like, the packaging, but not the, the controller was fine. So I was just like... I'm I'm just gonna take this home. Like I I was I was clocked out. I, it was just I'm in a dumpster dive for this free controller because it's right here, and uh, it's great. I, Do you remember I, that podcast episode where we talked about dumpster diving for a while? I, what prompted that? Because there wasn't. It's always sunny episode about it that I did watch. Because at that time, I remember I was looking on the internet. I saw a picture on the internet, probably on Reddit or like on social media. Of, mm-hmm. like, somebody saying, like, look at this gaming haul I got from, like, a dumpster or whatever. And that <laughs> led me down this rabbit hole of just, like, a couple hours that night, like, searching this subreddit for, like, these, what people have pulled out of, like, the dumpsters of, like, a Blockbuster and a GameStop and stuff like that. And, like, their okay. stories of, like, getting in trouble and all this sort of thing. So I was, like, super into this idea for a while at that time and it just kind of bled into the podcast okay uh hey if it's you know if it's there it's just garbage they're throwing it out might as well take yeah. it but uh yeah. you know it's like all kind of balancing your personal pride and how much you want to be in a dumpster and stuff like that but if it's an electronic store it's probably not full of banana peels i don't know like and i remember us talking about the legality of it and how like there are certain ones that you just like Probably can't. Probably private property. But right. Yeah. And that is illegal. <laughs> Actually, yeah. At the mall specifically, there was kind of a locked enclosure where all the dumpsters were. Whereas the Blockbuster one is just sit- was just sitting behind the building, which is now a food mart of some kind. Right. I miss video stores, man. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Anyway, uh,. One of the DVDs we actually had at the Rogers I worked at was uh, the Penn and Teller Bullshit series. Okay. Which uh, I've started watching a handful of those on Crave and kind oh. of enjoy it, but uh, I prefer their magic stuff. I was going <laughs> like, to say, I did, like when we wrote down Penn and Teller, I don't want to talk about bullshit. I want to talk about their magic because I don't yeah. care about bullshit. 
this was kind of like me trying to find just a big magic show to watch. And it's just like, oh, well, there's a couple shows on Crave. Wait, these are more like reality show documentary type stuff. Like it wasn't it wasn't really what I was looking for. So most of what I've been watching has just been their Fool Us show on YouTube. Yep. Okay, so. sure. Fool Us is actually on Netflix. As is well. it? The full episodes. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I didn't the- I didn't even think to check because that's Netflix what's has a, been letting me down so much with things i want to watch that's why like when you put this on the list i was like dope i've been watching a bunch of them too oh man i would love to see the full format shows because the the youtube is just kind of each the clips yeah segments and then maybe you'll get like them, them doing a trick at the end if you find that linked somewhere but they yeah, do a trick very, at the end of each one very chopped up and not the best way to go about it but yeah. Still just kind of that, you know, impressive sleight of hand stuff. I'm scratching my head. I don't even know what kind of secret magician's code they're talking in at the end of the segments. So, I don't know. It's, there was it's, one that I picked up on and I felt like a goddamn genius. Oh, like what they were saying? Like, yeah. Okay. I felt like it was the one time and um it was like one of these card tricks or whatever where it's like this is your card right there, and you look in the audience, and like somebody's holding the card or something. I don't know. It's one of these, right? Okay. And, um, Teller, no, not Teller. Penn was, uh, like explaining that he thinks he knows, like, how he did it or whatever. And then he starts talking about Star Wars and saying, like, you, did you, uh, pull a Skywalker or Luke Skywalker? I was like, oh, a force. Got it. All right. Cool. <laughs> i felt super i was like yeah i get it i'm in the lingo and then like the next one came up and it's just like i have no fucking idea what you're saying <laughs> at all it's like would you say my father's ring uh like it's just something yeah. like my father's ring uh it's pretty good i you know it's well crafted uh would you say like it's just i don't know what you mean right now but i know you're saying something obtuse but oh well, it's this it's is a great. little annoying too because when they're like talking the like that segment, and it's just like i guess they know i don't, I don't well know. when they're talking like that and like it go shows like the dude standing there you can like see him just like be like oh fuck like he knows know. yeah yeah so you know that he knows he knows and you're like i don't <laughs> like, know no so you're just like well i i thought it was still impressive i don't right. know right how, how was the card in a tea bag? that doesn't make any sense <laughs> I know that he knows that he knows. It's like, wait, what? I don't know. This is great, though. I'm glad we had this conversation because now I know there's full episodes available and I will continue to check that out. There's full episodes, yeah. Yeah, I just like their their duo. Like, they're just solid. They just know what they're doing. They got a good shtick. It's, uh... I mean, there's a, like... Dynamic, I don't know. There's a reason why they're the biggest magician act, like, ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Is they're honestly the thing I like about them too is like a lot of times they'll like show the trick being done, like for their thing or whatever, like the cups and balls and stuff. They'll do it with like the clear, the cups, clear, yeah, the clear, or cups. like they'll do there's like the smoking one or whatever where he's like, okay, let's look at it from the other side, the side that like Teller was hiding where he was doing all the trickery. Mm-hmm. I think th- that is the coolest part because. We know that, like, magic isn't actually magic. Yeah. It's just, like, somebody with amazing skill to, like, fool you. 
So it's super, super awesome just seeing somebody very skillful do a thing very well. Mm -hmm. That's what I like about it. Like, I don't really care about the, like, oh, I don't know how he did that. I was like, I like the part where it's like, I know how he did that. I'm going to watch it again and just, like, marvel at how flawlessly he did it. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool. Um, Strip away the artifice. Yeah. Yeah. For Penn & Teller, have you heard of their... um, Oh my god, what the fuck is it called now? I think it's like Magic Mystery Tour. Magic no, and Mystery I, Tour. You have to look Beatles that album, up. But okay, okay. It's uh, three episodes. They're on YouTube. And it's basically them like going to different places in the world and like seeing how magic is like done there and like the cultural differences and stuff. And it's super fucking cool. Um, the ones they have are India, China and Egypt, I believe. Okay. So just checking out street magician acts there and kind of yeah. appreciating the different takes yeah. on the art, I guess you could say. Yeah, but, it's super, super cool. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, Penn & Teller. Um, at this point in the show, I guess we're just going to throw up a bit of a disclaimer. The rest of the episode is going to be about Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, or, sorry, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Right. Uh, We're going to talk all about it. Like, you know, if Darth Vader has parented anyone else, we're going to tell you who, you know, we're going to reveal all the secrets. So if you've seen it or if you don't care, continue to listen. Yeah. Uh, But if not, uh, thanks for listening to everything thus far and uh, have a great week. Yeah. There's not going to be anything like your miss. If, if you want spoiler, to be spoiler free for the movie, you're not going to miss any other talk. This is all just about that now. So yeah, we're not going to tangent off into talking about, you know, some cool soup recipe or something like you're not going to miss any awesome content. So. But I mean, you might, we if might, it's pertaining you don't to know. The movie, but yeah. So maybe you should maybe go see the, the movie, movie and then come back. You know what? I guess we can both say that. I think we both feel positively about the movie and think you might want to check it out. And then you can listen to the segment. So, you know what? I'll just tease in and say I think it's one of the best Star Wars movies in a long time. So if you didn't, if that doesn't get you going, maybe you should like. You probably don't care enough, first of all. But if it does, you should go see it and then come back, and I'll tell you why I think it's one of the best. There you go. There you go. All right. So that's enough so, warning. That's like that's two enough. minutes of warning. <laughs> So, so no, uh, no scroll at the beginning. That was the kind of the first thing where I was like, yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different. different, Not in a way I like, to be honest. I like the scroll. I have to say I do. I understand why it's not there because of like what this thing is, but it doesn't feel like a Star Wars experience without it to me. I I was kind of wondering how they would handle that, like in the hour before the movie. I was kind of chatting with a friend of mine about, like, what do you, what do you think? What are, are they gonna do? Do you think they'll do a scroll? Do you think they won't do a scroll? Do you think they'll have like a long time ago and gas far far away? Or what are we? Gonna and they see? did have that. That's they, why so it felt weird. And I think that it's kind of like a okay compromise for me. I kind of also like that it just establishes that this can play by different rules than your average Star Wars movie thus far. Sure. Like, yeah. Do okay. A- title card which you can't do that in a star wars movie because you have a big scroll that tells you the title you're so right now it's just like, hey let's do let's play this a little differently so i kind of got over that 
Um, no, you're totally right. The only thing I'm saying here is that when I'm going to a movie that has to do with Star Wars, I really, it. it really, yeah. really makes me feel good to see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away or whatever. Yeah. Then nothing. Then burn. And then the yeah, scroll. Yeah. You just like it. Just feels good. And it felt kind of so- like a blues ball, blue balls thing. That <laughs> I think I got a little bit of it, but not the full thing. I think a little bit of that crept in for me when it was just kind of getting used to the score and how it was different. You know, like it's just you aren't right. hearing John Williams because it just he, he didn't do this one. He didn't do the score for this one. So it's just kind of like I'm. When I see a Star Destroyer on the screen, I'm used to hearing these sounds, and I'm not. So just kind of getting used to what was happening uh, sure. was a bit a thing for me, too. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I still kind of like that they're reserving that fanfare for episodes. So it's just like that'll kind of keep the episode special. Because otherwise, sure. you'd be like, well, Rogue One is really good, so I don't know. Episode 8 wasn't... wasn't yeah, but it's just like, well... It's got it's the it's the official entry. It's moving the timeline forward. Like there's yeah. reason to be excited. And it's all right. just excitement management. They're trying to keep everybody. Still. No, you're totally right. I'm just saying my piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I, no, I was expecting it. It was a bit of a oh, oh weird. Like it was it was a little weird. But I think I I think I got past it pretty pretty quickly. Sure. Uh, although okay, actually, sorry. Super specific anecdote that won't affect anyone else's viewing experience whatsoever. In the opening minute of that movie. I was spending my time walking across the theater to go close the doors to my theater so that light wouldn't be shining onto the screen. <laughs> so I helped my movie theater, but I don't really, I missed a couple seconds there. Like I saw Forrest Whitaker was on a TV screen talking and it's like, I got to go deal with this light. And then they were evacuating. They were freaking out like on the farm stead or whatever like i i got the gist of what was going on but i might have missed a beat or something there you didn't miss uh, a whole lot there's like nothing too crazy there orson krennic shows up ben mendelson he's terrorizing mads mickelson and his family uh death star plans and all that kind of stuff i guess we don't need to break down every part of the movie but right i'm just trying to think of like little things that stuck out um I don't know that martial arts should work as effectively against dudes in armor. Agreed. That was the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> like I like Donnie Yen. The Ip Man is awesome. I don't yep. know that punching a dude with like a full body armor should work, but it no, did. You're right. However, there were a few hits where he uses his bow staff and just like you can hear the helmet fucking crack. Okay, so it's he's like, just like that okay, that guy dead. might be dead or brain damaged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it, but you're it, right. You know, yeah. People, I, I saw some observations about just like, well, the Ewoks did it. They threw rocks at stuff. And it's like, yeah, it was, it was kind of dumb then, too. Yep. Like, that shouldn't have worked either. Uh, so, yeah, st- Stormtrooper armor. They kind of dehumanized the Stormtroopers again in this one, whereas they kind of changed that in Force Awakens, which I kind of liked. But I guess it was back when they were at their most evil. So maybe that's fine. It just fits the tone. I like, I like that. I like this Stormtrooper. I like them just being the mindless army. Okay. I kind of, I, I did like seeing like desert colored troopers. That was kind of cool. Like just the, sure. you know what? A lot of my enjoyment for this was totally like 13 year old self, like just loving the vehicles, just loving how stuff looked, loving the technology. Like yeah. just, I was just 
totally digging a lot of what this movie was throwing at me on that stuff. It was just like, oh man, that's the same kind of data port. That's awesome. Oh, look at that, you know, Star Destroyer. It's the, look at the Corvette is ramming into the side of it. That's so dope. Yeah. So, it, the, oh my God, that part was so cool. <laughs> yeah, the hammerhead stuff. I There was some great space combat stuff. I was, I was really happy with, like, I guess really when you get down to it, the last 40 minutes is amazing. Like, it's just a pacing thing where yep. they kind of build everything up to pay off real big at the yep. end. Yep, and so, it does. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with that structure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if there's some slight misgivings over the course of it for me, it is some of the score, just it's not iconic in the same way. Yep, so I, I kind of wasn't in love with some of it. Um, I wonder the, how... I wonder how much of that is uh, biased, though, because there. I mean, so firmly established. There were parts where, like, you can they took like a tone or a riff from like a well-known piece and like worked it in, Mm -hmm. and like that felt legitimate to me. Whereas, like, okay, like it's a different thing, but it knows where its roots are. But some of the score was kind of (laughs) bad, like some of it. Yeah, or just it just kind of wasn't punchy in the way I I needed or whatever. Oh man, I guess backtrack again to positive stuff. I thought the Death Star was way more ominous in this than any other movie it's been in because they actually use it. That's the like, thing. It's it, they use it and also like firmly establish its sense of scale in some cool ways. Like, like just give, like like looking like, out the sun is, is so sure. awesome. Sure. That like, part's really awesome and um for the sense of scale even just showing off how powerful it is. It's like, well, it's not like fully operational. Just give it like like level power one sort of thing, and it just like is the biggest nuke you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. We've seen it blow up planets, but somehow it blowing up cities is way more hardcore because there's because, like people on the ground to see the devastation. Like it's because like if this lever goes to like ten, this is like point five. Like it's yeah. not fully up yet, and it's doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, something about the scale of destruction it is operating on was way more, like, un- awesome and kind of unsettling because you get to have those reactions on the ground. Whereas even in Force Awakens, there's, like, this is the biggest, baddest Death Star ever. It's going to blow up five planets at once. But I don't care about any of them. Like, they just kind of have some reaction shots of people on the planet going, like, oh, no, and then explosions. Like, it's just somehow by blowing out the scale to that size, it's too big and it doesn't hit anymore yeah. so yeah i don't know they, they blowing up the ancient city of jetta uh, up and it was it was pretty crazy yeah, it was uh, i like that weird kind of squid monster <laughs> that <laughs> like, just interrogated that pilot dude yep, like uh, that was weird Twitter just has this weird monster like that just seemed like some great star warsy like the rancor pit, like just kind of like, weird. yeah, like some cantina weird shit, like just a thing that happens. Something. Like, just like, yeah, no, you, you, if you have one of these weird squid demons, you just, you get secrets on them and they know what your thoughts are. It's like, okay, great. That's part of the lore now. Uh, okay. Ba- sorry. Misgivings. Sorry. I'm kind of hogging the conversation. If no, I'm agreeing here. Like okay. the thing is, is that, we're talking about parts right now and like you can talk about misgivings then i want to be more structured in what we thought of like the characters and the story and stuff like that okay but so like let's just keep going with like the little tidbits here and then we'll get into it okay one tidbitty thing (laughs) that it is kind of a character related thing um 
and it's probably my biggest like strike against the movie for me, but I appreciate its audacity. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, extensively. Yeah. And they don't just recast him exactly. They model Peter Cushing, who has been dead for 22 years, and just kind of make this CG, like, approximation of him. And I don't know, man. Didn't I they do that he... in Force Awakens as well, though? With isn't who? He... Isn't, uh... Fuck. What's his name like, now? Like, Andy Serkis is a weird, like, CG guy, but he's no. in a whole... Like it's, it's no, I'm not. talking about like an established dude. I'd have to watch that movie again. I can't remember. There's like a brief, like at the end of Revenge of the Sith, there's like a long shot where you can kind of see a guy that is Grand Moff Tarkin, but it's, it's obviously Maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's not a close up, so it's kind of okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of because role. I know that they like brought him back essentially earlier, but I didn't remember like where. Yeah, they, that character is back, but you kind of accept that it is a stand-in or something. Right, like yeah, yeah. Here they kind of just hang their hat on it. They're just like, no, man, he's going to talk to Ben Mendelsohn right now, and you're going to believe that's a human being. And I tried really hard, but it's just it's just the Uncanny Valley. It just falls right into it, you know? Like, it's that the closer you get, the farther you get kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's just not right. Like, th- there was just that sense every time they pinned a scene on it and i thought maybe it would only be one scene like it's just kind of no it's a few times like yeah it's probably not it wasn't even the first time he showed up it was like okay i, I kind of get why you do that it's when it's like oh no th- he's like part of this story <laughs> and he's ugh, i don't know like darth vader it's easy to put whoever you want in there and yep. then just get james earl jones in a recording studio like you can get away with that but this is like no that's just a human man and ugh, that's not that's weird i don't know that that creative decision to just kind of pretend the uncanny valley doesn't exist was a little weird to me so there's that moment and then there's the very end of the movie but if we want to go back through kind of the story stuff before we say the end of the movie i guess i'm gonna talk about why i like this movie so much okay like my twitter review in 140 characters was something along the lines of Rogue One has the ball Star Wars has been missing for a while. Mainly what I meant by that is everything in this movie is to service the story and the plot mm-hmm. to its like to its betterment and to some of the problems that are with it too. Uh what I mean by that is the characters even though they like don't get much screen time cuz spoiler alert they die like all of them <laughs> in the Whoa, dude what yeah no i know we're in this point they uh i really really like that they kill off the characters because that's what's supposed to happen and they didn't just like try to like do like they didn't try to work it in that like well the robot got away because we can sell toys of him like it's get, get people hyped for the sequel or whatever where k2so is in it and yeah, right exactly yeah. like they didn't just like push it forward where it's like well we're gonna sell toys based on this and i feel like star wars has just been that for way too long yeah and it was super nice to have what like they are calling a star wars story be exactly that Mm -hmm. like everything in this movie is to service a plot and a story that they have that's set between like in a very certain time in this universe to its detriment though okay i really 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 
like a lot of this cast and their characters. And I wish there was a little bit more time to build them up and make me care more about them because I feel like they were, even though the actors and actresses and all these people did well in their like parts, I feel like they fell flat. Like it, it was just kind of like they don't, they don't matter and they don't. And that's like the thing I like. And that's the thing I don't like about it is that in the grand scheme of things, they did a thing that was amazing to like get the actual Star Wars plot rolling, essentially, like in A New Hope and whatnot. Yeah, but like I really like Felicity Jones's like screen presence and like well, Forrest Whitaker. I don't really care about his character was weird. <laughs> like I wasn't a huge fan of him. <laughs> I, I thought like uh, how weird he was, but yeah, okay, he doesn't like, really get to do K two S O has is like the best droid they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Diego Luna, like as uh, Cassian, was like super good. These are characters I would like them to actually push forward, <laughs> but, but they can't. Like, but they, they can't. But I, I kind of admire their boldness in like, totally. It's just it. It kind of just becomes like, well, this is a different kind of Star Wars story because they usually end with the heroes getting medals or just celebrating or whatever. Like, nothing consequential can happen. Oh, no, no. I don't want them to get medals or any of that stuff. I want, like, yeah, more yeah. than one movie with them. Like, I oh, like sure. their I like their chemistry together and their screen presence so much that I just wanted, like, at least one more movie with them to, like, <laughs> work things out more, build their characters up more, so that when the thing happens, it feels more grandiose than it ends up feeling. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's just kind of limitations of one feature film. They kind of totally. establish everything. As, it's a as double-edged well sword. And they, I feel they try to inject some character in as much as they can. I feel like they did a great of it, job of it, too. I like I, I, the, the duo I really liked, actually, was Donnie Yen and his buddy. Like, they're kind of weird. Like, they've been rolling together for a long time. Just kind of seemed to come through, even though you've only seen them for, like, 40 minutes or something. Sure. Like, I don't know. Their their dynamic was kind of cool. And like, essentially, though, it was just... At the end of the movie, there just becomes this moment where it's just this, like, cascading, like, rising and falling of, like, heroic deaths. Like, heroic yeah. deaths inspire other heroic deaths. And it just kind of really culminates really well. Like yeah. they just kind of like someone sees someone do something inspirational and badass, and then they do something badass, and then someone else has to do something. Like it just kind of keeps rolling that way. And it was it was really satisfying to see happen. But I guess yeah, if you were able to hang out with those characters more, I don't want to like rain on anything. Like I truly the two core leads I didn't really find resonated with me very much. Like Felicity Jones and Cassian. Like I didn't really. Is there much. a reason that you can pinpoint? I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I can't like really pin a specific scene or a specific line or anything that I thought was really fantastic. Like, Cassian, I did appreciate like the tone of one scene, which kind of relates to your, like, Star Wars has its balls back or whatever. Like, uh, when he ruthlessly kills a dude. Sure. Because, like, that guy has sensitive information or whatever. Like, that's just kind of a darker thing than a lot of Star Wars movies tend to do like even like probably everything since empire you know like totally no for sure stuff happens in empire but i mean some dark stuff even happens in return of the jedi 
Some. Like that one Ewok died, and then the other one was really sad. Well, I mean, if you ignore the Ewoks, the whole thing with, like, Luke's father essentially turning sides and, like, sacrificing himself to save the universe, you know, just small stuff like that. Being electrocuted. It's pretty hardcore. Being electrocuted <laughs> was pretty cool. was crazy scary. When I was totally. It totally so, is. And actually, sure, even, like, Jabba's stuff, like, feeding people to rankers is pretty fucked up. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure, since 1983, there hasn't been ruthless, savage business going there on. There hasn't been balls. Quite like this. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think through, because I, I tend to, like, enjoy the prequels more than most, and I feel like... Oh, Revenge I'm actually with you. Revenge I've, of the Sith throws mm-hmm. as dark as it can. Like, there's limbs getting cut off, younglings are getting killed... Like okay, stuff. I know that we disagree with some of the prequel stuff, though, because I think you like Attack of the Clones and Return... Or was it Return of the Sith? Revenge of the Revenge. Sith? Revenge. Yeah. The I don't Sith like those Revenge. very much at all, but I do like Phantom Menace. Okay. I don't, dis- I don't dislike Phantom Menace either, but that's j- just for different reasons. It's like a different kind of entertainment. Like, a big pod pod race is exciting in its own way, but it's just not the same kind of like heroic battles. The pod race, like I had, I watched that movie a few years ago. That pod race is actually more boring than I remember, which was a shame. But like what I really liked about episode one specifically was uh, Liam Neeson's character and this whole like a Star Wars story feeling that that whole movie had that just happened to have like one of the main characters later on as a kid in it at the same time. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. I guess it also brought like uh, a lot to the Jedi, like lightsaber or whatever. Yeah, no, totally. These dudes—that's what they do. They are expert sword fighters. By the time Star Wars happens, that's like an old, forgotten art. So, I guess yeah, this brings it back to just kind of that episode, you know, specifically Episode Four stuff, where it's like, you know, Donnie Yen loves the forest and respects it and everything, but he is not a Jedi. There are no Jedis. Like that's just kind of the way of things. Darth Vader is there doing hardcore stuff. Uh, but, and it, that, that kind of makes that stuff more meaningful too. Cause it's like freaky for those dudes to see a lightsaber. Cause they've never seen one before. And then they well, all die. Yeah, no, there's definitely more like gravitas to that situation because this whole movie, we see people with blasters um, with like, kind of like uh, billy club type things the yeah. like a machine gun essentially like a gatling gun very kind of normal militaristic weaponry that you would see in many other movies really even like other sci-fi movies like a blaster is essentially just a handgun really right and, and then a sniper rifle and then out of nowhere this guy is throwing people around and like the best swordsman ever and just like he's turned this little like pod into a murder room in a matter of seconds it gives you that feeling of like this guy you can see why he's feared because anytime he goes somewhere like shit's fucked up he ruins Mm -hmm. everything (laughs) like it's really good i guess i was really impressed like i've only seen it the one time but i'm currently kind of of the opinion like this is actually like a really good companion piece to episode four that kind of makes it even better which I think great, I think I agree. Like complimentary thing for like that's like an iconic movie. It's almost forty years old, and that this manages to actually like contribute to its legacy instead of kind of sapping away. Even with instead like, of the copying weird, it, 
sci-fi, like the weird, sorry, special effects stuff with Grand Moff Tarkin and stuff. Like, I appreciate the spirit of what they're trying to do, like just uh-huh. fitting it in. But like in general, though, I'm still like more mostly impressed with this paying off. Like, I I felt it worked out. I will, sorry, I will say one one thing though with the ending stuff. Like, this was a vibe I got. And a few other people I found commenting on it and stuff seem to be of this opinion too. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, did you play Halo Reach? Yeah, I love Halo Reach. Just the final act is a kind of a lot like Halo Reach in a way. Sure. Like just with kind of like your battalion of characters just kind of slowly dying heroically to transmit a signal. Like specifically. Yeah. It's kind of cool. But it's just like, oh man, I've kind of lived this. And now I get this like $200 million blockbuster movie about it. That's cool. Like, I felt good about it. It wasn't a negative thing. No, totally. But yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Specifically that it's like a transmission thing, which I guess I will parlay a bit into, like, I left this movie really jazzed about Star Wars combat, got back into Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, there's a new map pack that is Scarif missions, so the the planet at the end of the movie. What's weird, though, is they don't seem to, like, I don't know if the maps were in development before the reshoots happened or before the movie was kind of locked in or whatever. Cause the way the getting the tapes out of the planet is like getting them onto a spaceship and flying them away, like capture the flag style, which I guess oh, fits weird. gameplay, but it's not like it's an, it that makes no sense map, but it's like, well, but the shields up, like, what are you talking about? You can't escape. Like you got to transmit it. You know, or they can crash the shield and transmit it, but they're not going to be able to fly out of here because there's the battalion of star destroyers up there. Like they don't, they just, it's kind of just not quite right, but at least it, it still has that kind of distinct like beaches and jungle looking kind of environment that hasn't really been in Star Wars. So I, I still kind of like it, but I guess Kashyyyk maybe, but not a lot has been done on that planet. Anyway, I still generally am jazzed about the the Star Wars map pack stuff, but it it was kind of weird to see it just not quite be the movie. <laughs> they don't take proper advantage of that environment. Like, you see the tower in the distance, but you're never going there. So, a little unfortunate. Do you care about Battlefront? Yeah. Did you? Um, yeah, I actually do, and that's why I was disappointed that it wasn't a fully like realized thing like okay. that I wanted. It was just yeah. kind of like a Battlefield uh, game in like that universe, which is really a shame because I have played a little bit of the beta when it was coming out and Mm -hmm. like playing it on PC with like some, with nice headphones and stuff on man, that was an experience. Like that's a beautiful looking game. The sounds are perfect. Yeah. There's so much good about that game. It's just, it didn't do enough for me. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. I've kind of been, it it is kind of shallow. I've been kind of, coming to terms with that a bit but still trying to squeeze as much enjoyment out of it as i can i mean if you Um, own it you should the yeah the whole thing is is i didn't buy it because i didn't feel like i would get that enjoyment out of it but if you Mm -hmm. have it already you definitely should like at least make the attempt to play it a bunch Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just uh managed to capitalize a bit on that i think that's the end of that's the end of their season i guess for content for that game that makes sense so I don't know if a sequel's waiting in the wings or what's going to happen there, but four map packs have come out. This was also like my excuse to finally get some of the previous ones I'd missed. So I was also running around on the Death Star, uh, hanging out in Cloud City and stuff like that. Like 
they just realize the environments really well. Yeah. And I like being in them, but all you're doing in them is shooting dudes. So yeah, that's the problem. There was like little moments where I'd be like, oh man, look at this planet and just like stopping to look out a window. But it's just like, all right, I got to get back to fighting because that's what we're doing. But yeah, it's a little weird. I guess there's a VR experience patched into that game where you're in an X-Wing or something. Maybe that lets you enjoy <laughs> yeah, looking at I the heard, game more. I heard that's cool. If I got like a PSVR at some point, you should bring it over so we could try it out. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to think how that worked because I bought it digitally, so I might have to like log in. Oh well, then it would probably, yeah, you could just log in to like make a new user on my PS4. I think that might work, but yeah, yeah. digital ownership, man. I don't know. Man, that um, PSVR is too expensive though, right now, right? Like five hundred. Especially bucks. up here, I think it's more than that in Canada. Like I was Ooh. looking at it, and it's like I think it's like seven hundred here. The annoying so, thing is, it's still the cheapest. It's still of the VR options available. Yeah, it's still the most practical. But I don't know when, when it came around. It was just kind of like, I don't, I can't do that. I can't do that right now. It would be kind of dope to fly an X-wing. In it VR. would be kind of dope to fly an X-wing. It'd be kind of dope to play Res Infinite. But I don't know, man. It's, I like those job simulations. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I would have a, fun. There's with. a handful of like interesting curios for sure, but. I yeah, know. I just don't want it to be like the PlayStation Move and just sit in a drawer after I have my like weekend of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just trying to think, like, you know, I guess there's like a risk that because everything fails essentially, but they they achieve their mission, but everybody dies. Yeah. Like there could be kind of a sense of like, well, that was pointless. Like you know, nothing really happened. But I do feel like it. Like I said, it, as a companion piece movie, like this movie only works with Episode Four there. But that movie is there, and everybody's seen it. Like it's it's fine. It very much is so, a movie about the journey, like not mm-hmm. about what happens. So, like not what all well, not the, what like at the end, on an individual level. No, but the larger thing that's going on, they contribute a meaningful thing to that. So, but I mean, let's talk about how dope it is that like, oh my god, what's his name? The karate dude. Like, what's his name in the? Uh, movie do you uh, remember it man i think it was i'm joking i forget <laughs> it, right it man yeah anyways it man. he was there yeah like, and then he trained like uh bruce lee from beyond the grave when he's like doing his heroic thing and he's just like blindly obviously because he's blind walking into like the battlefield just uh chanting mm-hmm. like that's that's a really good part like that really like that's a perfect send off for him and then his buddy uh blackie mcgatling gun i yep. think that was his name he I has like name, but yeah yep. he has the pretty good send off of just like going out with his friend sort of like thing taking out all these crazy like dark troopers or whatever yeah yeah it's, um uh, alan tudyk has a great send off where just when like Jin is starting to trust him. He or and like they're building a relationship. He does like the heroic thing, locks them in so that the troopers can't get to them, and just like takes out as many as he can mm-hmm. while doing like his part. Sorry, I'm looking at Donnie Yen's character's name. It's like Churit Imwe or something. It's, Did they ever say that in the movie? <laughs> that's what I'm wearing. Yeah, like the whole time I was seeing him on screen, I was just like, yeah, it's Donnie Yen. That's great. He's a blind guy. Like I, I don't know. So turret, 
Okay, Turret. Sure. Maybe they pronounce it differently. Turret's but, great. Uh, he reminds me of a Mortal Kombat character for some reason, though. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The blind karate dude. Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom. But yes, he does. Yeah, I guess he kind of... No, I guess K2SO kind of kicks off the heroic sacrifice thing, right? Oh, totally. Sure he's the first to go down, but yeah. Wait, well, technically the first ones to, like, kick it off were the, like, dudes who just, like, followed them into battle to cause a distraction. Yeah, okay. Like, just assorted rebels that were willing to go. Man, that... That part's so cool, though, where he's sending them off to just, like, make 10 feel like 100 or whatever, so they set up all the bombs to go off in different places, and it looks like this giant battlefield, and there's just, like, a group of them. Yeah. It's so fucking dope. I mean, it's so there's, good. There's some, like, kind of just elements of the some of the other films, like, you know, them doing the Endor mission where they have to drop the, the sure. shield or whatever, like, that kind of stuff. But yeah. also, like, the thing I really liked was just there was little echoes of like when they're in the death star and it's like a handful of rebels inside the death star. Like they're way over their heads. Like when they were down on the surface of Scarif and it's just like, there's just Imperials everywhere and they have to do this crazy ass thing like it. And you know, they're stealing uniforms and kind of sneaking into these heavily fortified areas and stuff. It just kind of had that feel of like seat of the pants. Like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like hopefully this works out. Like it just had some actual, tension to it of just like i know this ultimately works out but this is going so badly right now like there was there was some great uh anxiety i guess in some of that so i appreciate a lot of what happened the weird Um, like homages to like other part scenes almost to the shot in some parts where it's like there's no there's some literal like that dude is in the tower like exactly like he was in episode four like but then like a weird twist added on to it like I don't know, it's weird, and I really, I like, really like this movie. <laughs> like specifically, specifically that scene where, like, so there's you know the guy in the tower who's kind of monitoring ships taking off or whatever. Like before, it kind of just seems like a easy allusion to the Yavin base in Episode Four, but uh-huh. then later, kind of sneak off in a ship they're not supposed to be going on a mission, and he's kind of sitting in his tower, like leaning back not expecting anything to be happening. He's like, what? Why is that happening? Like, they kind of justify his presence there in the story a little bit. I kind of appreciate that. But, okay, I want to highlight one thing specifically before the final thing for me, anyway. Is, uh... So the Grand Moff Tarkin thing is there. Um, There's also a couple other characters from Episode 4 that they managed to sneak in a lot better. Uh, Specifically, Gold Leader and Red Leader from oh i didn't even realize yeah you're right (laughs) i loved that when it happened i was like just smiling just like oh man that was so sharp you guys that was like so well done because they must have all sorts of footage of those dudes in cockpits from the end of the movie so it's just like hey you could just slide them in there and it's perfect and it makes complete sense why they'd be there you have like a slightly alternate take on the line where they're checking in or whatever beautiful like i was just like oh man that is perfect like that is fan service but that is like logical stuff great that is so good too because like, i didn't even really think about it it's just I like just, oh, yeah. I was just like yeah gold leader said <laughs> of course he is he's the head of the y-wing section like, that's fucking weird man no it was like yeah one that's two. really good it was just like those are real shots it's like that's the thing like they just have 
actual footage of those dudes and they slide it in there and it's it's really great when they try to do the cg thing is where it happens and the movie ends on one of those moments it totally does i kind of it was like a weird mixed feeling thing of just like this looks all wrong but i really had a great time just now like oh man what are you doing like it was just oh i was all over the place you know you seem a lot more upset about it than I was. I was yeah, totally okay yeah. with it. I, it was silly, but I was yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. Because they need her to bridge it, really. Like, I wasn't angry. It was more just like a baffled, like, that didn't work at all. But all right, good good try. Sure. Okay, fair enough. See Carrie Fisher is there. Uh, we just saw her last year in like the biggest movie last year. And we know she's not 23 anymore or whatever, but... Okay, like, do you think this is the biggest movie of the year? This movie? Yeah, I don't know if it'll. I don't know. Like, Cap Captain America, I think is currently the biggest one right now. It's like at one point one five million or something. Wait, like Captain America was this year? Yeah, Captain America: Civil War. Oh, yeah, this was like May, I think. Apparently, that was kind of forgettable to me. Okay, I I, I had no idea because I liked it when I saw it, but I forgot that it even existed. I think of movies that are like north of a billion dollars right now. And I just, I don't know if this is going to quite do that, but like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm in a position where I could see it again, which, uh, happened with, uh, force awakens. I saw it twice, I think, but I don't know. Like, I don't think it, I, it's not going to get anywhere near like $2 billion or anything like that. Right. But yeah, I, you know, it, it opened really solid. I think it's, you know, it's obviously rolling really well. So it's, it's, I'm I'm just happy they were able to kind of prove out this spin-off like idea without totally. it just seeming cheap and kind of superfluous or whatever. It kind of I don't I don't know how many times they can do that, you know, like pull a great Han Solo story out or whatever. Like I'm not sure what they're going to do, but there's more faith there now for me than than before. Totally. Um, sure. No, sorry, just that I just feel like I still need to justify that end moment a little bit. Okay. Like so, and also I guess explain what it is. No, whatever people know, right? But so, Princess Leia is right there at the end, and she says hope. And they earlier in the scene, they're kind of like dancing around it a bit, like she's got her like uh, drape up or whatever. Like you're not seeing her, and then she, but she, then she turns right to the camera, and it was just kind of again an uncanny valley kind of thing, but. I don't know. It's just one of these techniques. I've seen it in other movies, like, you know, young Charles Xavier and X-Men Origins. That uh-huh. was like seven years ago. But you're just like, Patrick Stewart, that doesn't look quite right. Like, because you know who, what the person's supposed to look like. And I, I guess I just want to see it again. Or if I get the Blu-ray or something, I'm just going to pause and look at it and just kind of figure out what was wrong. Because something like that uncanny sense happened when i when i saw that scene so did it happen for you too but you just didn't care like it was just like whatever That's well I, I figured that they were gonna end off on that note okay so i was just like i really wonder how they're gonna do this and then i was just like yep okay and then left <laughs> would it make sense to like kind of close up on her lower chin <laughs> it's like a double oh like man that that's actually like the better artistic thing where yeah, or something. like I'm just trying to like is it just shows like her they could just get like a girl right like you know it's her and yeah. she 
she's there and she accepts the message and everything. She just has like her veil on or whatever, and you just see like her nose and chin area or whatever, and she's like hope or whatever, and then it cuts away. I just I just don't know why they decided to just go. No, you got to see the buns. You got to see everything. You just got to because people are retarded, and there are people that won't put it together. Like it's like, who is that? Like, what what does that mean at the end? Like, it doesn't have to be fair. There probably are people that won't put it together. I want to know if this is anybody's first Star Wars movie. Because <laughs> like, that would be really interesting to me. I would like the perspective of somebody watching this and then episode four and on. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's it's a pretty good roller coaster onto the thing. It, hmm. I think, I think it's the new canon way to watch it. You, you know, like, oh, like the machete order or something. You got to be like, all right. Rogue One first, and like you just change up how you approach it. Rogue One actually has to be first now, just because you're right. I think what it does is that not only does it stand on its own merits as a film and like a cool thing in the Star Wars universe, but it builds so much into four that it just feels like this nice, like supplementary thing that you have to watch now like i don't think i can ever watch episode four without watching this first now which is solid but man i'm just trying to think of like if the first way you see darth vader is him in his like back to tank and then him in his weird like that's kind of cool man that's kind of really cool mordor tower but which is he's he's this mysterious figure and then the first time you see him is he him does cutting up everybody. No, he's choking. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the main dude. Krennic, yeah. But like, you don't know maybe necessarily that he's choking him because this is the first time you've ever seen it. You don't know what this guy can do, and mm-hmm. then you see him kill everyone. <laughs> oh yeah. Some people really took exception to the like "don't choke on your ambitions" line. But I, it didn't even phase me at all. It makes like, sense. That's an actual like thing somebody would say. Like they were like, "Oh, Darth Vader wouldn't make a pun. That's ridiculous." I, I don't think in Darth Vader's mind he made a pun there. It's just he like was, I'm gonna kill you if you're too ambitious. Like, it's like just, he was saying, "Don't choke on your ambition," and it just happened to be that he was like choking him because that's kind of his move, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I don't know. It it really didn't seem out of out of character for him for me like it just didn't i'm really glad they didn't have the emperor oh sure yeah like save him for return of the jedi he's or well for crappy holograms and empire i guess uh but when you first see him i'm really glad though that they didn't have something where like that you just hear him over an intercom go good preparations will be complete or something (laughs) dumb like they played it very cool, where when they talked yeah. about him, it was kind of like, oh, you can't, don't piss off the Emperor. Like, mm. seriously. Like, that's mm. all the reference you get to what this dude is. I really like this idea of this being somebody's first film into the Star Wars universe, and I'm super angry that I was born in a time where it couldn't be mine. So, if you're, if you're a kid out there, you know, hey, lucky you, uh, go check this out. See what if, Star Wars is. If you've been just, like, putting off watching Star Wars for whatever reason, you should actually just go see this right now. Like, you should stop listening right now, because we're going to end anyway. Yeah. And, like, actually just see it, and then report back about how fucking cool it is 
to have this as your entry point. Although you wouldn't know. So you know what? Never mind. You don't know anything. Go watch Star Wars. No, I'm trying to think if there'd be any kind of weird, like, referential stuff that just wouldn't pay off. But it doesn't really... Not that matters. ...on, like, callbacks or anything that like, I can really recall. Nothing like, that I matters. Mean, it's one of those things that, like, if you watched it first, you wouldn't get any of those, like, at all. But then when you rewatch it, you would catch on to it, and you would be like, that's actually really cool now that I know. Like, Senator Organa is there, yep, and that, that was kind of neat, but they He's don't chilling. Really make it, like, this is my daughter, here she is, or whatever, because they save Leia for that last moment, sure. you know? Yeah. So, he, he like, him being there just wouldn't be matter much to you, probably on a first watch through, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, I remember, like in... In Force Awakens, there was a couple, like, almost eye-rolling moments where they're just kind of... Remember this droid from A New Hope? Like, they're just kind of doing throwback jokes. Yep. Like, specifically, Finn pulls out the training droid in the Millennium Falcon and just kind of gawks at it, and the audience laughs, and that's that's why that was there. Yep. Uh, they don't do... Any, they, they, there's no kind of... Mo- this moment only makes sense if you've seen this other thing that I can really recall. But... so maybe No, you're, you're right. right. Maybe it works, but whatever. Star Wars is great. I enjoy Star Wars. Um, I'm so man, okay. Disney's gonna make so much money, like all all the time, every they're, year. It's they're crazy. gonna make so much money. Let's end oh, this off in a classy yeah. way. Okay. Okay. Do you think Rogue One is better than this? Is the game? I'm gonna say th- things, and you're gonna say is Rogue One better than it? Yes or no? Uh, oh man. Okay. This is based off of one viewing. This is yeah. September 22nd, 2016. This is Nathan in this moment having yeah. played Battlefront a bunch this week. Dude, yeah. This may not be canon, but okay. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. I probably shouldn't sweat that too much. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah. <laughs> I really Charged like it. too hard to explain to someone, so yeah. You know what? 99% of people... We'll enjoy I, Rogue One more. I really like the idea that like you probably piss somebody off or even hesitate. <laughs> Yo, Darth Maul was dope. Darth Maul, Darth Maul is grossly underused, but that, that Yoda puppet was so terrible. So yeah, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I don't know about that one, honestly. Like I don't. Oh want to my be god! About it, but that movie has some sharp business going on. No, here. it doesn't. It's got some dope pacing, dude. It's sick. It has some dope opens, pacing. The move that movie opens real strong, but how does it open? Like, I can't it's remember. It just emits like one of the craziest space battles they've ever done, and they're trying to bust into Grievous's ship to save the Emperor. Like, it's just it starts running like they crash a ship into Coruscant and all this stuff. Like it just kind of, it hits the ground running, I guess is all I mean. Like I, I was really jazzed by that movie uh, when I saw it and it just kind of expands on the emperor and stuff. There's some dopey stuff in it though. Like I know, I know that. Yeah, I mean, there is dopey shit. I in know it. that in my heart, yeah. like there's some bad business going but on. You're, you're ignoring it. I, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to like, just discredit it completely, you know, like, Plus, like it, it's also trying to kind of be a companion movie to four, like tying stuff together. So, 
I don't know. I'd kind of put them in a similar ballpark, honestly. And I'm sorry to say that, you know, because I know people are okay. really out. But I'm saying, you know, Vengeance is all right. Okay. It's all right. Episode so, four, A New Hope. No. <laughs> it's not as good as A New Hope? It's not as good as A New Hope. Yeah, that's like, probably it, fair. It's a buddy movie with it, but it's, it's you know, nah. Episode five. Nah. Like, is it, that's not even a question. That, that's probably the best one. <laughs> so, because like episode five, I'm pretty sure I've got on record multiple times saying like it's probably just the best movie, <laughs> like in general. It's, it's really so. got a lot going on. I, so I, yeah, yeah. And then I I'm I like I like Return of the Jedi too much to say that either. Like I like Return I like Return of the Jedi a lot. I will yeah. say overall, I think Rogue One is better. But I think Return of the Jedi has better parts than Rogue One does. Like, I think like Return of the Jedi but overall. Yeah, for sure. Kind of, you know, maybe there's something kind of disjointed to Return of the Jedi's pacing. Like, there there's is. the Steve Han solo section, and then there's the, okay, what is the rest of this movie about section, where it's yeah. just kind of like, there's an, another Death Star. We got to stop it. <laughs> we came up <laughs> with another dilemma. But, you know, with the Emperor and stuff, like, there's a lot of personal payoff for Luke, and it, it works, but right, kind of has to, like, rev up this other story partway through the movie. Uh, and it's a hard thing to pull off, but... For right. me, though, I think the thing that actually I, I will just ascribe to Rogue One is I think it kind of borrows a page from the playbook of Return of the Jedi in the final act with just juggling yeah. a variety of battles. For sure. Like, they're kind of... The dude, like they're trying to steal the tapes, and there's like this personal, like small scale fight happening with Krennic. There's the space combat is happening; and it's amazing. And then there's the like on ground, like blowing up ships and all that kind of stuff is happening. Like just it's kind of intercutting between all sorts of rad business. And Return of the Jedi does that really well with just the like you know Lando's trying to blow up the Death Star, Ewoks and Han Solo are doing all this crazy stuff, and then there's a lightsaber duel going on too. Like it was. I mean, I yeah, think I like that trio, that lineup of stuff better. So that's where really because I really don't like Ewoks. Like I really don't like that part and those parts Man, to the point where ETST. He's like shooting all these dudes to the point where like that those parts made me feel like that movie was ruined. Like Some if they had cut them out, that would have been a perfect the, movie. Some of the Ewok music is so good. I don't know, man. I, I was maybe young enough to where I just thought the Ewoks were great. Like, I've actually, Ewoks. since watching Rogue One, I've been kind of like, yo, I gotta get those Ewok adventures, man. I gotta get those movies. They're crazy expensive. Like, they came out <laughs> on DVD, like, once 12 years ago. I'm not paying hundreds of dollars to watch the Ewok adventure movies. But I'm curious, you know? I only saw the first one. Did you ever go down that path? Did you nope. ever check out? Oh, okay. Caravan of Courage. I've never liked Ewoks. Witch of Endor. Yeah. Sorry, I, I think I'm just like lumping those two movies together and calling them the Ewok Adventures. There might have also been an animated series literally called that. There was have... an animated series, for sure. I don't know what it was called, though. Yeah. You know, I was target demo for Ewoks. I like Ewoks, so I... not as good as 6 for me. Uh, better than 7, I'm going to say. Rogue One better than 7? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. But I, that said, like I feel like a lot of rain has been falling on Force Awakens since it came out. I, I still love so much what they gave Chewie in that movie. Like that they gave him something to. Wait, really what do you mean rain up. has been? 
like people have been kind of like tempering their excitement a bit about force awakens like kind of are you kidding a little bit i, I remember know. saying that it's like probably a seven out of ten and getting like a bunch of people telling me to go fuck myself oh because it's actually a 12 or something yeah like okay <laughs> so i don't know what you're on but like when i said that it's a pretty good movie but not the best even in the star wars like, people what? like actually just said like you're a fucking idiot and stuff okay, okay. so I, i've been around a different peer group i guess uh okay fair enough specifically has been pretty negative about that movie so i've been hearing that for the last year i don't think that movie has anything to be negative about i just don't i didn't think it was as great as like people said it was because there's other star wars movies that are just way better yeah yeah Okay. Oh, dude. Okay. Sorry. Minor kind of like reflection thing based on some of that. Yeah. Like, I don't know what quality it was exactly, but like, I was kind of saying a bunch of kind of vague stuff about the spaceship battles. Honestly, some of it was just like, I felt the special effects just had some kind of presence to the, the ships and stuff that I didn't feel during some of the scenes in force awakens. Like it was just, I don't know if it's something with the balance of like CG versus models or something, but like, for example, when the, when the millennium Falcon is flying around on the surface of Tatooine, duking it out with tie fighters, I never felt like I wasn't seeing just CG nonsense happening. Like it just didn't feel like, Oh shit, they're going to fall or whatever. Like it just didn't happen when the ships had to pull up before hitting the shield in a uh, rope yeah one, like leaning back in my seat like just oh shit like it was just like i was so much more caught up in the spaceship action that was going on like it just felt like i was more in it somehow i don't know it was it was just some quality that they managed to pull off with how they use their shots or just something like those battles came together in a way that i just didn't feel happened with like you know finn and uh poe escaping in the tie fighter and stuff like that like i kind of like that stuff in theory but maybe it was just the the way the shots were composed or something like i just didn't feel that kind of seat gripping thing ever like that just didn't happen sure. so i don't know just another feather in rogue one's cap for how it chose to do that stuff like when that's like like some of the stuff with like the light speed stuff too like when the star destroyer comes out of light speed and just like blocks everybody and they just start exploding. Like, yep, it's really uh, good. There's just some great use of those vehicles, and ah, man, yeah, it was great. So better than seven. And uh, okay. and I haven't seen which is which of Endor, so I can't really say for that one. But it's better than Caravan of Courage for sure. Sure. What about the Christmas special? You know, I haven't seen the whole thing, uh, but it's better than the first forty minutes. <laughs> so cool. Have you have you watched that whole thing? Have you done that? Uh no, I just watched like bits and pieces of it and then watched like somebody riffing on it for the whole time it was like playing. Okay. So, so I didn't just like sit there and like watch it, but like I watched most of it. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. It's man. bad. Oh, it's bad. It's really really bad. But on that note, Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I got the, the new Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> that's not... Yeah, Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, that's the tagline. Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty good. There's some good stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this uh, episode of the Pixel Response. Yeah, we'll see you maybe next year, but maybe we'll fit one in somehow. I don't know. It's, I'm sure we can fit one in. I don't know what we talk about. Maybe like actually talk about what happened over Christmas and stuff. Sure. Maybe you know what? That'll be our Christmas episode. We'll talk about what we did for our little Christmas breaks, and then like talk about Christmas stuff. There you go. There you go. There you go. I don't know when that'll be. It might be in the new year, but that'll probably be what we talk about. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. But hey, Merry Holidays and have a happy... And safe. And safe holiday. Be safe. Be safe. Bye. Bye. (laughs) There's like a whole other avenue of just like, was 2016 that bad? But I don't want to open that now. So it's it's okay. (laughs) You know what? That sounds like... You know what? We should do a year in review thing. Sure, yeah. Like, just, like, really break down, because there's been a lot of negative stuff about it, and I get it, but I don't know. Personally, 2013 took that cake and ate it, so 16 <laughs> isn't anything. It's fine. 2013 was really bad for you, so... 2013 I was real bad for me, so, like, it's just maybe a schadenfreude thing. It's like, yeah, how do you like it? <laughs> 2016. Stuff you care about dying, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Anyway... Yeah. See you guys later. Bye.